0: Welcome to Sports Central on 881 The Berg. Hello, and welcome into this week's episode of Sports Central live on 881 The Berg, 881 FM, the 881 The Berg app, and 881theberg.com, and also on iHeartRadio. We have a great show for you today. A little bit later in the show, I interviewed Curtis Crabtree over from 950. A.M. KJR, Seattle, to talk about the Seahawks and the Mariners. We'll also be talking about the Seahawks and the Mariners a little bit later in the show as well. But thank you for tuning in every 9 a.m. on Saturday morning this quarter. This will be our last show for the quarter until the new year. My name is Austin Lane. Joining me in the studio today, Mac Armstrong, Miles King, and Derek Harper. Boys, thank you for coming in for the final show. And first off, Mac and Miles, you guys are getting your basketball podcast started. A Mac and Miles show that's all you need just the names going up on our SoundCloud and our Twitter tell me you guys uh, you guys tell me about your podcast a little bit
1: we just talk all hoops man yeah first episode just got recorded the other day and I believe it's online already we should be coming back it is uh, yes next week again and
0: and you know look for it in in the next quarter as well and Mac you're a big basketball guy what's uh, something you kind of look forward to in this podcast moving forward
2: What I look forward to doing this podcast, I just look forward about just talking hoops, seeing how the season plays out, and seeing if some of the disappointing teams this year can step up and get back
0: to what they were doing last year. Again, so that podcast will be coming out on our SoundCloud more and more as time goes forward as we head into winter quarter. Obviously, with break and Christmas and all that stuff, you guys probably won't be getting an episode out every week um, from now until the new year, but after that, I'm guessing you know, every week, unless Miles is sick like he was this week, he still, still toughed it out. Bit, yeah, <laughs> still toughed it out. But that podcast will be on our Twitter at Berg Sports Radio. So go follow that on Twitter. And today, if you want to join in on the conversation, go ahead and text us in at 509 963 2311. And our warm up today. What we're going to start with first is going to be walking in a winter wonderland. This is a segment came up with our producer uh, Danny DeBock this week to celebrate Christmas break coming up. So we're going to name a sports team in the past that made it seem like you were watching a winter wonderland kind of just nostalgic kind of made you realize, like, sports are my thing. So we'll go around the room, starting with Derek. Derek, what's your team that made you feel like you were walking in a winter wonderland? Um,
3: that would probably be the 2014 Hills uh Borough Hops. Oh, okay. Tell us a little more about that. Um, Minor they had All Zach right. Curtis and just the run they went on, knocking off a team that had won three straight titles and was about to win their fourth straight. And we just kinda, we were first game, they were down big, and then they just came back and knocked them off. And then the second game, they... Uh, One it all at, at the home park and it was just crazy
0: and who are they uh, an affiliate for in the majors
3: uh the the d uh, uh backs
0: d backs out of Arizona okay yeah, Arizona. what level are they are they double a triple single a? Sing- a? Sing- sing- a. okay so and that was your first job wasn't it yeah working for them yep well, how was that
3: um I didn't work that year for them, but um it was really cool I got to kind of see what the park is like and kind of experience what it's like with the winning culture there and a fun uh, place
0: to be. All right, Miles, your team that made you feel like you were walking—I know it's going to be the Trailblazers. It's what not year? actually.
1: I'm going what? football on this one, Austin. Really? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Seahawks, and and for two two seasons, not the seasons wow. you're thinking of, not the Super Bowl seasons, the ones before that, oh. when they're seven and nine, and they are really? the Saints. Oh, beast, mode, beast Quake? Come on, <laughs> and then the following year, sure they go to Atlanta, they lose by like three. To me, that's just when you knew the Seahawks were on the up and up. They were building And they, building were, and they still, were going yeah. on to special things, and
0: I enjoyed watching that so much. That's a good one. If you want to text us in your sports team that made you feel like you were walking in a wonder wonderland, text us in, 509-963-2311. Mac, what was your team?
2: My team, if you know me, the 2011-2012 Oklahoma City Thunder, when they went all the way to the finals, lost to Miami, but... I don't know if that was legit or not. And you know, it was just fun <laughs> watching a 24-year-old Kevin Durant, 24-year-old Russell Westbrook, and then, of course, a 23-year-old James Harden just do their thing and just take the, take the league by storm and really get to the finals and push that team over the top.
0: You're very unique in, in that most people, when the Thunder left for Oklahoma City, they we, we talked hate about that the Thunder. The yeah. 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 Because I know most Sonics fans hate the Thunder now even because that's the team that
3: even Blazer fans can't stand them.
0: Yeah, and and Mac, what
1: could have been if they had just kept that trio together?
2: What could have been? Mm. We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never
3: know. I don't know if it would have been good. Harden, he's kind of a, a not selfish player, but I don't you got to remember even. Harden actually played defense back then. Yeah, he then. did. He and he and Leonard with the Raps can play defense, uh-huh. but yeah. I think he can only only have one other good player on the team.
0: My team that made me feel like I was walking into Wonder Wonderland, I'm a huge baseball fan, but the Mariners haven't been to the playoffs since I was three or four years old. So I'm actually going to go with the 2014 Mariners, the season that they missed the playoffs by one game, because I went to the 2nd last game of the season at home against the uh, Athletics. I think I was there, too. And it was the game that they gave out the rally towels, and it was the first time in my life that I had heard Safeco Field as loud as CenturyLink in a regular season Seahawks game. Wow. And you know how loud CenturyLink gets. Oh yeah, deafening Inside of Safeco Field, people were yelling as if it was like a third down for the Seahawks (laughs) defense. Like just go, oh, just making noise. Everyone in the stadium. And I felt like I was at a Seahawks playoff game. It was crazy. So that made me feel like I was walking in a winter wonderland. But let's go into our first story on the day late last night the University of Washington Huskies beating Utah by the low score of 10-3. to The defensive match of the year, possibly, yeah. in the Pac-12 championship game. And a berth to the Rose Bowl for the Huskies, first time since 2000. But here's what we got to talk about. Can Dub's offense be good enough to win the Rose Bowl after scoring only 10 points last night? No. You don't think so?
3: I mean... They're a great team. We saw that against the Cougars. They're a great offensive team. Peterson, great coach. Great, all all around team on the D D side. But if they face someone like the Buckeyes, I just can't see them playing out. The Buckeyes are, they're, they're really even with the their coach getting cut for four games. They're such a lethal team that I don't really think anyone. I don't think really any anyone except maybe Bama would stand a chance against them. Okay, I mean they're really really good. I don't.
0: I, I think, me personally, I think the offense isn't good enough to win a Rose Bowl, but I think the defense is. The defense yeah. is stout. I mean, talking about that defense giving up three points, even though Utah's quarterback isn't that great, and through all those interceptions, he threw those because there's no one else to throw to, and there's no, there's nothing else for him to do. He couldn't even roll out because the D-line had so much pressure, and as soon as they do that, you force those turnovers.
1: That pick, that pick six, too. Yeah. Are you serious? Are I know. You serious? He threw it right to the receiver's hands. The guy, it goes off of his hand. He should have caught down it. Onto it. He should have caught it is yeah. the bottom line. But it goes down some ridiculous kick ball up in the air. Yep. Serve it up to the DB on a platter.
0: And he takes it 65 yards. And that's whatever. the only touchdown scored in the whole game. The only touchdown. Was a defensive touchdown. So I don't know if you could say it was two bad offenses or two really good defenses. I just can't tell. I guess I have to say defense because the only touchdown was a defensive touchdown. Yeah, and really just it a, was bone, lucky. a
1: boneheaded play from the yeah. receiver, really. To me, for the Huskies, their whole offense starts with Gaskin. Mm-hmm. Similar to how like, the Seahawks play with their run game, and then they go into the, kind of the, the play-action rollout passes. The Huskies often starts with Gaskin in that running game, and then they can start to take some shots down the field off the play-action. And so if they can't, regardless of who they're playing, if they can't get Gaskin going, they're going to struggle.
0: Yeah, and as soon as you have Gaskin running great, like you said, you start pulling out those play actions. But another thing I was seeing a lot last night was that Wildcat offense with Gaskin lining up at quarterback as well. So he's almost like a double threat. You can run with him. You can direct snap it to him. You can pass it to him. A lot of checkdowns to him as well because Browning wasn't finding anything deep. Utah's secondary, much like u on defense. But like you said, Gaskin run, Gaskin run, Gaskin run, then finally play action, deep pass, it wasn't happening last night against Utah, and I'm kind of scared for the offense going into a Rose Bowl against a possible Ohio State, possibly Northwestern. You know, just looking at how the offense scores or how they don't score in last night's game, <laughs> only being able to get a field goal, they're going to rely on Miles Gaskin, don't get me wrong, but Jake Browning's going to be the difference on third and long on, you know, the 40-yard line where you're outside of field goal range, but it's kind of too short to punt. I mean, they went for that early fourth down in that game because they're in that like gray gray area Chris where Peterson they Peterson
1: has shown no hesitation to just go for it because like, he doesn't trust the kicker area. still. Yeah.
0: So, and that's another thing to look out for is like, are they going to continue to do that in the Rose Bowl? Mac, what did you see out of that game last night?
2: You know, I just saw a great defensive game. Jake Browning once again not really stepping up when it matters most yeah. and. That's been the story for him over his four years at U Dub, and I'm really concerned for Jake Browning in this Rose Bowl, and I think the game's gonna fall down to him in the Rose Bowl. If
3: Huskies are gonna have to win or lose with Jake Browning stepping up to the plate. Yeah, and that's what I've I've been talking to a lot of fans, and a lot of I've um, almost all the fans I've talked to are worried about Browning. I mean, they're all saying he's not good enough. He's not does not He can't do it game to game, and. If you're going to rely on him and you're running a back. Miles Gaskin. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to rely on him, I don't see it happening.
0: Well, it looked to me like the Cal game earlier this season where UW lost to Cal basically because of Jake Browning and he couldn't move the ball at all. And his defense bailed him out last night for sure. I mean,
3: Cal is that team that's never that superstar team, but they're that team that will come up, that odd team that's going to Come up and smack, smack uh, uh, you and beat, beat, beat you. I mean, I, I could that upset say
0: team? you could say the same for Utah. I mean, even though they're ranked and they're good, they're still kind of that team that hasn't won the Pac-12 That's... championship since they joined the Pac-12. Kind of just lay low all season, and then you look at the end of the season, and they're like, "Wait, they're in the Pac-12 championship game against us? Right, like, where's, yeah. where's USC? Where's, you know, where's, similar, where's like Stanford in the year before? You know, yeah." So. It's just that odd team that came out of the South. I didn't really think anyone out of the South could have won the Pac-12 championship, but they had a real shot at it last night. They did. And it sucks for that organization because they've never won the Pac-12, never been to the Rose Bowl, and that would have been huge for them. But, again, their offense was just as bad as ours, I think, and they needed a new quarterback as well.
3: Yeah, didn't their running back come from the Ducks or something?
0: I think so, yeah. Yeah. So – it's just all the talent on the Utah team couldn't come together and just win that game what for was them. Was the quarterback last night? You see the regular starter? Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, no. no it no. it, it, it is their backup. Starter,
1: yeah. I forget his name, but Huntley, I think.
0: Yeah. And we played – did we play Huntley in the first game against them this season? When I we beat so. him earlier this season? I don't remember. Maybe that was the game where he did get hurt.
1: No. I went out to Pullman for, the, for <clears> Utah WSU, and he was playing in that game. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so – I don't know. Just the matchups, UW just outmatched them. Same as the Wazoo game. Like, UW's defense is just too good. And talking about that defense, where would you rank them in the whole country, college football-wise? I'd put them at third in the country, behind Alabama and Clemson. Yeah. I think that's a fair
1: spot for them. I totally
3: agree with you. Their secondary is insane. So, yeah, top three. I I obviously pull for the Cutes. I mean, the dogs are no joke. They're their offense is a little shaky at times, but yeah. the uh, other other side of the ball is scary to watch. They can stop you and pick it off. And both of those corners really they really have good. are you know early
1: picks. Yeah. Oh yeah. First or second round. Yeah. They got they got the body. They got the frame to be an NFL type cornerback in this league today. And then don't forget about Burke Irvin. Yeah. The best <sighs> players in the country. My gosh.
0: One of the best players in the country. One of the best by far. Flies sideline to sideline. That guy's yeah. everywhere. He's like every play. He's on your screen, no matter exactly. what. Like, I saw this play where he lined up as the far side linebacker, and by the end of the play, it was like a check down to the near side, and he's, like, tackling the guy out of bounds. I'm like, where did you right. even come right. from? He's in there forcing fumbles, getting sacks. He's the
1: enforcer, too. That guy can lay the wood on
0: some people. He came out of nowhere, too. Like, this season, I hadn't heard of him. And then, like, first couple that's games. That's the thing, too. He's not, like, huge. He's only, like, six foot. Yeah. and He, he, put- he wasn't that guy coming out of high school that's like, Here's this guy that's gonna be huge on your defense, right, you know. Right. But the way he's playing, wow, that that guy's insane. He's part of the reason, my in my opinion, that they are top three. But I was looking around the rest of the, you know, the top twenty-five, looking at the defenses, and it's always hard to compare these Pac twelve teams to like SEC defenses because you don't know how good they really are because they have to play Alabama and they'll get blown out by Alabama. <laughs> or they had to play Georgia and get blown out by Georgia. So you don't really see like a comparison like, oh, how good is Florida's defense or, you know, how good is, you know, what's another team out of the SEC, Florida Kentucky State. or no, like something easy. like that. You know, how good are they against UW's defense? I kind of want to see Ohio State make the playoffs so we can play an <laughs> SEC team in the Rose yeah, Bowl nice. with that'd an at-large nice. bid because I'd love to see UW beat an SEC team. That would be amazing.
1: Oh, absolutely, and they nearly did at the start of the year, Week yeah. One, Auburn. And they Auburn they really had that which game. They man. shouldn't have lost. They nearly had that game. Looking
0: back at that, but yeah. So let's look at the college football playoff now. Actually, the top four being Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, the three undefeated teams left, other than UCF, and <laughs> number four being Georgia. Alabama and Georgia have to play today, mm-hmm. and then the first two out Oklahoma and Ohio State. So how much will that SEC championship game affect the college football playoff,
3: Alabama versus Georgia, today? Um, I think Georgia – I mean, Alabama is a really good team, but Georgia, I think, has the ability to beat them, as we saw last year, I think it was. So it could go either way, but I think Georgia might have it there. Oh, you're going to take Georgia? I'll take take Georgia.
0: Okay. So if Georgia wins and – I want your pick a little bit later for the other uh, championship games, but what do you think ends up happening? Do you think Alabama falls out of the
3: top four? No, not at all. I mean, it's Bama. So yeah. I got it. I think they'll that. maybe drop one, maybe maybe two. Okay. I mean, Win it's Bama. Lose, still Georgia in. and Bama are about even, so I don't think they'd really drop them that far. Do you think they would set up a rematch
0: at that point and just – no. Switch Georgia and Alabama, one and four. Yeah. You think Georgia would jump up to
1: one if they if they beat them? Nah, I don't no. know. I don't think so. I, I think, think Clemson Notre yeah. Dame is one at that point. So I mean, unless Bama drops down to three, and then you have what two th- two versus three? Yeah, that that's also a possibility. Yeah. Well, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know how the, the playoff committee yeah. works, but <laughs> are they going to make them play in the SEC championship game and then the following week or whatever? It's possible. Didn't they make them play last year?
3: I
0: mean, it's obviously not for like three weeks, but it's, it's possible because if you have Alabama win this SEC championship game, but then you have Oklahoma lose to Texas today and you have Ohio State lose to Northwestern, they're not going to bump up Michigan or UCF to, into that four spot. They're going to keep Georgia there. And yeah. then Alabama and Georgia are going to have a rematch, essentially. That's what I think would happen. Because you, you, at that point, you'd have Georgia or Michigan or an Oklahoma or Ohio State team that also lost today. You know What are they yeah. going to do in that situation? I think they'd keep Georgia in there. It's a mess. Yeah. You'd have Georgia lose a game and not fall at all. I mean, you are losing to
2: Alabama, though, so it's just—it's not really that bad of a loss when you lose to Alabama. Yeah, I mean, we saw
1: LSU lose to Bama, and uh, what were they at the time? Six, I think, and they dropped back to like nine. Yeah.
3: I mean, LSU—I don't. What are they ranked? Like, are they even ranked as well? Though they're I kind of feel that top ten. Yeah. They kind tenth. of feel Georgia wouldn't fall. I I can get LSU falling just because that, but I think they want to keep Georgia in there so they wouldn't drop them that far. Yeah, to be fair, I think that it's was a little bias on part of the committee, but. I, think that would, I don't think they're going to drop out. That was the LSU's
1: second loss of the season.
2: And they did lose, like, what, 29-0 to or something yeah, like that? Yeah,
3: out. It was yeah. a bad loss. Bama almost lost this year, right, in one game? They so were tied with like right Citadel at, at halftime. Mississippi, Mississippi something? <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. closest
2: they've come to losing all year,
1: tied at half. Tied at half. It was like 10-10 at half <laughs> versus Citadel a couple of weeks ago. And then they ended up putting, like, 51 up in the second half.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, if you have – you got Georgia at 4, Oklahoma at 5, Ohio State at 6, all at 11 and 1, and then behind that you have Michigan at 10 and 2 who isn't even playing for the Big 10 championship. If you have two of those teams lose and one of them win, you're going to have that team that wins get in for sure. And a little score update early here, it's Texas up on Oklahoma 7-0 with 11:38 in the first quarter, so it looks like they scored first on a 16-yard touchdown. So Texas is up on Oklahoma But like I was saying, if you have Oklahoma and Ohio State lose, but Georgia beats Bama, obviously they're in. But if you have Georgia lose to Alabama and possibly Texas beats Oklahoma and then Ohio State beats Northwestern, I think they bump Ohio State up into there. So should the loser of the SEC championship game be out no matter what, do you guys think?
2: No, I think they just stay in, honestly. I mean, even if Bama loses – they're going to fall maybe to number four, if that. And then if Georgia loses, you know, you lose to Alabama. I think you just keep them at the four spot and just keep the current top four teams in and make it to playoff.
0: Yeah, because if Alabama loses, they're 12-1, and one, and so are those other teams that won their conference yeah. championship and their today. And single loss I mean, as, much, yeah.
3: as much as everyone, I think, is tired of seeing multiple SEC teams, <laughs> it's the fact is they're the most powerful teams in the whole nation. Yeah. I'd agree. I mean I'd love to see like maybe a pac twelve team, a SEC, ACC, and I mean that was 12, the one the Hoog's lost. But it's not gonna happen. I mean yeah. I think if maybe one day it could expand the playoff to maybe six or eight teams, but That's a whole different discussion. That's a so. whole nother day. I was talking to some guys in the back
0: about that over the whole week I was trying to put together like a twenty four team playoff. And just get rid
3: of the 25th <laughs> See, ranking. 24 is too many, man. <laughs> well, look, That's too I many. Know, uh, I don't know if you saw this. Your Leach was joking, joking with all the people are talking to him. He was like, but uh, six, 64 teams. <laughs> <laughs> have That's a March true, Madness bracket for football. <laughs> I like what Derek said. Six, I think, is is right. Six, really? Yeah. Six to, eight, yeah. to me, you got to Just have pa- the
0: one and two. Have a bye. No, no. You do
1: one team each from the Power Five. Oh, okay. And then, and then one and at large. large. One at large, yeah. And then at large would be like UCF or like yeah, yeah. whoever, less lesser in conference. Because That's you never easy. know, that makes it easy, and that puts an emphasis on the conference title games. You too. never
3: know those smaller schools that might just pull off
1: something
0: weird. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, UCF <clears> wants their chance at Alabama. They're just not going to get it because their strength of schedule yeah. was right. nothing basically, and they're definitely not going to get in and get in this season because even if they go twelve and zero, win their conference, they lost their starting quarterback, who was basically the only reason they're good at this point. And, but like you said, last year they played Auburn in the peach bowl and beat them. Right. And they were a 10 and a half point underdog. So it'd be I'd cool to see UCF. Yeah, they,
1: they've won what, 28 games in a row or something?
0: Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see UCF take on like an Ohio state or a Florida or maybe even a Georgia, you know, oh, yeah. if Georgia loses today and then Oklahoma or Ohio state gets into the four spot, have Georgia and UCF great game. <laughs> Pretty much the same as last year. Usually just like whoever's first out against UCF. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're gonna take a break. On the other side, we are gonna be talking more about Kareem Hunt, the news coming out of this week. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Sports Central here on 881 the Berg. Welcome back
3: to Sports Central.
0: Back here in the 881 the Berg studios for the final time. This quarter, my name is Austin Lane. Joining me in studio, Mac Armstrong, Miles King, and Derek Harper for the final Sports Central of the quarter. We'll be back on geez, I don't even know what the date will be. Final show of the
1: year, Austin.
0: Very yeah, final show of the year because we'll be back in 2019, we will be back after New Year's Day. So go celebrate Christmas, go celebrate New Year's without your favorite sports analysts. And the first Saturday we'll be back is January 5th, which is the same date. As the NFL wild card games, first wild card games, and also the college football playoff first round will be that day. Oh, the New Year's Day game. The New Year. That, excuse me. No the uh, the national championship game will be the Monday after oh, that show. Okay. So that's going to be a huge show when we get back for Sports Central. But today we got to talk about Kareem Hunt being cut by the Chiefs last night. Well, earlier yesterday. Will Kareem Hunt be re-signed by another team? And if he does, what team do you think he goes to?
1: I think he will be re-signed. Uh, There's a couple teams in the league that take chance on talent. It doesn't matter really what they've done. Historically proven. Guys like Josh Gordon. Yeah. I mean, obviously, domestic abuse is entirely different than smoking pot all the time. But (laughs) (laughs) the league has shown a willingness to to take chances on talent. And Kareem Hunt is one of those guys, I think. So where do you Kuka, think a guy like you know even like Frank Clark who pre-draft yeah. had some stuff come out about him didn't stop the Seahawks from drafting him yeah is where do you think Kareem hunt goes then
2: yeah Frank Clark's still with the Seahawks he's he having a great he's year, actually year for the better this.
1: defensive yeah. tackles on the Seahawks now yeah it's hard to say you think we'll have a to team wait and
0: see do you think a team that needs a running game gets him or do you think a team just swoops him up as like trade bait because that seems more likely. To you me. have like a team like the Jets who's first on the waiver order right now, but they don't need Kareem Hunt. You know, no. they're in a position where they're not going to make the playoffs. They need help at a lot of other positions first, but they could get Kareem Hunt because they're first on the waiver order and right. then trade him for some defensive players down the road, some draft picks. That's that's big for a rebuilding team. So. Yeah, I think the Jets seem that's
1: that could happen or any other kind of bad team that's that's looking for just a, a big name.
2: I see Kareem Hunt go into more of a contender before he goes and signs off with a lesser team, to be honest. He's he's kind of been spoiled by playing with the Chiefs these last couple of years, and
3: I think he's too used to winning to go and play for a loser at this point. I don't know that that really matters. I mean, you have a bunch of players that will go from a great team to a losing team. I mean, you look at Percy Harvin. He went from the Seahawks to the Jets, and now where is he? Nowhere. No, retired. Yeah, retired. I mean, a lot of players who have issues or something, will go indoor or they'll go to a losing team and just kind of fade off. I think that's what happens to him. I
0: think he goes to, like, the Raiders or something. Because as much as John Gruden's kind of letting the ship sail over there and just (sighs) getting rid of everyone and rebuilding for the future, Kareem Hunt might be someone you want moving forward. Going to Vegas? Yeah. Because... You'll you'll have your running back. Maybe that's the first position he gets out of the way in the rebuild. Maybe this is his opportunity at that. Another team that I could also see Kareem Hunt going to would be possibly the Cardinals. Yeah. Arizona Cardinals, which would...
1: They still got Johnson?
0: Yeah. So, you yeah. know, get a guy in the NFC West to go against the Seahawks. I like, can't have a lot of carries now. But another team that's, like, rebuilding, you know. For it's sure. just a possibility for Kareem Hunt. What about uh, relevant
3: teams like the Chargers or I don't know the other teams, the Dolphins? I mean, yeah,
0: I mean it's possible he goes anywhere. Really, it's it's a, it's a toss up at this it's point. It's whoever wants to take a hit yeah. to their brand, really. Which the Redskins <laughs> the already <Niners>. did that. <laughs> Why not have the Redskins just swoop him up? <laughs> right. You know, they got Adrian Peterson Run and two headed th- monster back there. You don't need a quarterback. Just and hand their it name. Off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Mac, where do you think? Kareem Hunt ends up. You know, I was just thinking about it just now, and I think
2: I would like to see him end up on the Texans and really make a three-headed monster out there with Demarius Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Kareem Hunt in the backfield, plus Deshaun Watson. That would be a fun offensive to watch, plus on the defensive side of the ball, J.J. Watt, Jadavion Clowney. Well, I, 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 I think that would, be, that, one. that would be really cool and really fun to see
0: Kareem Hunt go into Houston. So That would be, that'd be good for the Texans. That could be oh, yeah. the difference on that team because – they're riding an eight game win streak, but it's over really bad teams. And they're coming down into this final stretch where they have a couple games against their divisional opponents, which can be rough sometimes Colts, Titans. And then they have a couple other games that are a little rough on the schedule, too. So that could be something that helps push them over the top and makes them kind of an AFC powerhouse. I mean, they're eight and three. They're not bad. Sort of flying into the radar, too. Yeah. At eight and three. we. Nobody- Nobody's like, oh, the
1: Texans are going to the Super Bowl. No well, one's saying, saying that. that. I've
0: said that. I've said it's possible. It's if possible, you remember my take from a couple of weeks ago, anyone that makes the playoffs can make the Super Bowl, but the Texans just haven't beaten anyone good yet so far. And I think Kareem Hunt being added to that team, if he's not suspended the rest of the season, he could help them in the playoffs. They beat the Titans 34 to 17. But when uh, Rice so, had that incident, where did he end up? Anywhere? Rice did not end up on a team again. Mm-mm. But I think the Ray Rice video was much worse yeah. than the Kareem Hunt video. I, I,
3: I haven't seen the Hunt one, but I'm just saying it doesn't really look good for him either.
0: No, it doesn't. And that's why the Chiefs cut him really. It w- well, it really wasn't because he did it. It was because he lied to the team about it. So, you know, there's kind of this feeling, uh, in my opinion, where it's like teams aren't going to really care for picking them up. I mean, the Chiefs were going to keep him. If he just told the truth about it, according to them, so but he lied about it, and that's why they cut him. I think he gets picked up picked up today within the next probably three hours.
2: I totally agree with that. He'll be picked up by by the time it's dark outside tonight, and yeah, yeah there'll be a whole new discussion on him in a couple more hours. He'll be he'll be suiting up for somebody next week.
3: Maybe I'm well, still skeptical,
0: but yeah. we'll see. Wait, whole week of practice, he can do it. Well, but the thing is, he might not be suiting up for a team. He might be signed, but he might not be that's suiting true. up. He is on the commissioner's exempt list at this oh, point, Okay. Yeah. I mean, which the, you can't play, you no, can't, can't practice, no, can't do no. anything. Same place that
3: Reuben Foster's at right then now. And Hardy never ended up with a team either. No, that's true. It's, I mean, he did, was he was Hardy not did not end up in
2: Dallas for somewhere. a year until he got cut
0: the year the following the, the incident. That's right. It's possible that he doesn't end up on a team, but I don't think a guy with that much skill... Like, I
3: think he'll play, but the question is, will it be in the NFL? No, come on. He'll play in the NFL.
2: Kareem Hunt's I a mean, top five running back I'm in the entire that.
3: NFL. He'll get picked up. Well, yeah, I'm saying if he doesn't get picked up in the NFL, there are a few teams that could pick him up, but if he doesn't...
0: Nah, I don't think he would go <coughs> play in another league. I think he either gets picked up or he just retires at that point.
2: Retires after two seasons or season and a half. What a tragic story to such a...
0: What could have been career? Yeah. This is something that could ruin a locker room. I mean, the Chiefs could possibly be, you know, kind of hit this. Like, personally, it's like we just had this guy on our team that was lying to us, one of our better players, you know. But with that passing offense moving forward, I think they'll be okay. What do you guys think? i will be
1: okay. And then also don't discredit Spencer Ware. The guy's a solid NFL running back. Yeah. He's not going to bring everything that Kareem Hunt brings, but he can fill a hole.
2: And what's it called? Tyreek Hill, the, all those wide receivers, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, they still keep the door wide open in the passing game. Plus, Mahomes is a baller, so I think they'll be fine. They can just get a plug-in running back, get you three yards of carry, four yards of carry, and I think they just take this in stride and keep the ball moving, no pun intended. <laughs> and. I don't think this will really affect them at all. If anything, does this mean they showcase Tyreek Hill even more? Because that wouldn't be a bad thing. I think it's really a time for someone to step up offensively on that side of the ball, besides for Kareem Hunt. And I think Tyreek Hill, the spotlight's going to be on him, and he's going to really shine.
1: More than capable.
2: Definitely
0: more than capable. He's already proven it time and time again. All right, boys, let's move on to our next segment, sticking with the NFL Texas in at 509-963-2311 if you want to join in on this conversation. This one's a good one. You got the top three teams in the AFC right now being the Chiefs, Patriots, and then kind of the Chargers and Steelers, Texans all sharing that top spot. But um, going around the room, I think we all agreed earlier this week the Steelers were kind of that third best team in the AFC. And then on the NFC side, you got the Saints, the Rams, And, again, we kind of went around Chicago Bears seeming more and more like the three seed. So outside of those top six from either side, which team not mentioned has the best chance to make a run at the Super Bowl? So text in 509-963-2311. Send us your teams outside of those top six that could make the Super Bowl. We're going to go around the room. What do you guys think for kind of that dark horse in the playoffs this year?
2: Call me biased, but I got the Seahawks. I just – You know, there's a really high chance they're going to make the playoffs this year, and I think with Russell Wilson, anything's possible. And then also, Indianapolis, they got a five-game win streak going over, and, you know, whenever you have Andrew Luck, who is a great quarterback, second in the league in passing touchdowns, I think you always have a chance with great quarterbacks when it comes to the playoffs.
1: I'll stay in the same division, and Austin kind of mentioned it, but it's Houston to me. They're on an eight-game win streak, like I said earlier, like a couple minutes ago. Sort of flying under the radar as far as are they a contender or are they not. You got Demarius Thomas, you lost Will Fuller, that sucks. But still, you have Demarius Thomas. He's kinda on the back, back side of his career, but he's still got it. Mm-hmm. He can still catch, he's still sure handed. You got DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson, obviously, very accurate passer. A guy who can do it for you in the clutch. And then don't forget about that defense. Jadevian Clowney, JJ Watt. This team, they, like, like you said, Austin, they haven't really beat anybody that impressive. Mm-hmm. But look out for them getting into the playoffs. Yeah. And what do you have on the NFC side? NFC side for me is out of the north. It's the Vikings. That offense with Kirk Cousins really hasn't clicked yet. And so I feel like when they finally do, that's going to be scary because they, got, they have the defense. They got some dogs on that defense. And that defense can carry them through the playoffs. Just once that offense gets going with Cousins once he starts, you know, slinging it around like he was in Washington, that team's going to be scary.
0: I'll agree with both of you guys but a little bit different. I got the Seahawks, so what Max said from the NFC, not the Vikings, and in the AFC, I have Houston and not the Indianapolis Colts. So so one of each. One of each from one from each of you guys. I think the Seahawks definitely have what it takes to beat some of those better teams in the NFC. You've seen it against the Rams even in LA this year almost pulling out that win. And just the way this team's kind of gelling together, coming down to the stretch of the season, if they can take care of business against the Niners and the Cardinals and then maybe beat the Vikings, maybe even beat the Chiefs, definitely a playoff team. They sneak into the playoffs as a wild card. And if you have to play that NFC East champion, you're going that's Dallas. a win. <laughs> you're that's winning. a win if you're going into Dallas. I don't care how much better they looked since the last time we played them. Yeah, I think that's an easy win for them. I would love to see that, by the way.
2: And Dallas is very cho- – they're going to choke. It would anyway. make me so well, happy. They always do. Oh would yeah.
1: make me so happy if the Seahawks went into Dallas and just, just beat them, just smacked them.
0: I'd That's be ecstatic. Insane. That's my road to the Super Bowl for yeah. the uh, for the Seahawks. You have right. the Seahawks finishing the five seed, the first wild card, going into the fourth seed, which will for sure be the NFC's champion yeah. on the road, probably the Cowboys. You go beat them. Even if it's the Redskins or the Eagles that pull it out, whatever, that's a win, too. Uh, And then you actually hope that the Rams get the one seed and that you're the lower seed that comes out of the wildcard team so the six seed doesn't win. So that you have to go to L.A. to play the Rams. I'd rather do that than go to New Orleans or even go to Chicago. That's scary for me. Yeah, I mean, but as soon as you go into L.A., you have a chance there, and that's the divisional round, is, and that yeah. gets you into the NFC Championship where even if you're going on the road to play Chicago and New Orleans, scary games, it's the NFC if
3: Championship. You've already can two, if you've yeah. already
1: upset twice, it's a toss-up yeah. for, for, for the Seahawks at
3: least. I mean, Houston's really good and all. I don't and They're a team to watch out for, but I have to go to Seattle there like uh, you said, and now they mm-hmm. can pull out those upsets. But once you've upset a couple of teams and you're going into the NFC title game, Other teams are going to be like, okay, these guys are for real. we got to take care of them. And it'll be probably similar to the Packers game where Seattle had to pull it out in the last five minutes or something like that. Don't
0: remind me of that. Oh, my Mm. gosh. Talking about walking in a winter wonderland earlier. Mm, Jeez. That game's a good one to bring up, too. Mm. But we've seen nine and seven teams be able to win the Super Bowl in the past. And it wasn't because... They pulled off some miracle. It was because the way they matched up with each team in the playoffs, they just looked better that game, and they got into the Super Bowl and found a way to win. I'm saying the Seahawks can make the Super Bowl. I don't necessarily think they will, but if they do make the Super Bowl, I don't see anywhere that they're beating the Chiefs or the Patriots in the Super
3: Bowl. Uh, The Chiefs, I think the whole situation with Hunt might uh, impact them a little. Not a ton, not, not a ton. Mm. I think it might impact them a little to where the Chiefs might slip up somewhere in some game and just barely lose or something. The Seahawks, for me to say that they can make the Super Bowl
0: and then not win it. Well, I think they could win it if one of our Dark Horse teams makes it out of the AFC. Something that would be insane. you know, have have
3: to beat the Pats or the uh, Chiefs.
0: Yeah. If you have someone like Houston or Indianapolis come to the Super Bowl by any chance— then you got like two five and six seeds in the Super Bowl, which would be, be crazy. Incredible, yeah. But, you know, I don't I don't think that will necessarily happen. That's just my dark horse picks. But Houston, like we were talking about earlier, on offense, with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, other than that. Demarius Thomas, yeah. Demarius Thomas. It's like, other than that, He's sort of yeah.
1: the, he just kind of stopped Gap for Will Fuller, really. Yeah.
0: There's no real star power on their
2: offense. I mean, other than Hopkins, that guy's like a top three receiver in the league. Yeah, I guess. And I will say our man Danny's making a good point over here. He's making a case for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you know, I don't know about that. They o- It seems like they get to the second round every year, and they always blow it. Yeah, like every like three or four years. Same they, with the they Chiefs, though. to go to the AFC title. Same game. with the Chiefs. Hey, yeah. This is the Patty Mahomes era. This isn't the Alex Smith era anymore.
0: <laughs> Alex Smith era is over in Washington as well. Yeah. So RIP.
1: Alex Smith era in the NFL
0: might be over, so <laughs>
1: who knows?
0: <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking more about the Seahawks, and then I will also play the interview I had earlier this week with Curtis Crabtree, sports reporter for 950 KJR AM Seattle. So don't go anywhere. That's right around the corner here on Sports Central. You're listening to 88.1 The Berg, your music central. It's DJ BWT. We're out here talking today about how much we hate sports. Sports is just the absolute... Oh my gosh, our radio DJs just don't get it. Sports broadcasting is much bigger than music. When's the last time Taylor Swift made you feel like watching Tom Brady get sacked? And even though Rick Ross looks like a defensive tackle, he can't entertain you like Vince Wilfork in overalls. This is it, Chief. The show you've been waiting for, Sports Central, every Saturday at 9 a.m. Ugh, Austin, you're such a meathead. Shut up, Benito.
4: Tuned into Sports Central on 88.1 The Bird.
0: Welcome back into Sports Central. Austin Lane here with Mac Armstrong, Miles King, and Derek Harper. Before the break, we were talking about sort of every team in the NFL, their chances at going to the Super Bowl. But this time around, I want to talk strictly about the home team, the Seattle Seahawks. In the NFL Power Rankings, moving up two spots after that win over the Panthers, a great win for this team. And coming off of the win over the Packers, a game most people were saying was a playoff game for both teams. You know, Loser would probably not make the playoffs. And then being able to win that, going into Carolina, a stadium that they have had their success in, and that good old Cam Newton-Russell Wilson rivalry that Russell Wilson wins yet again and beating, again, another team that most people were thinking – wild card now, maybe not so much after the Seahawks beat them. What are you guys seeing out of the Seahawks so far this season? And what would you give a uh, percentage wise zero to a hundred for their chances of making the playoffs? I got the Seahawks. I got them at a
2: 95% chance. Whoa. They, they got to take care of business against Arizona, San Fran twice. And then the big outlier, if Seattle's going to make the playoffs, they got to beat Minnesota On Monday Night Football. If they don't do that, the playoff hopes are a little slim. But if they can beat Minnesota, you'll see them in the playoffs. And, you know, they just gelled as a team so well. The offensive line, complete turnaround, number one rushing offense in the entire NFL. And, yeah, I could just see Seattle just balling out and getting into the playoffs.
1: That Minnesota matchup is huge. Major. Huge, huge playoff implications on that. But then we also we have to assume the Seahawks are going to take care of business against the Cardinals, the Niners, mm-hmm. teams like that. Of course, if they drop one of those, all of a sudden their chances are, you know. Way lower. <laughs> dwindled, Way lower. Dwindled, yeah, yeah. But that Minnesota matchup is going to be huge. And if, if the Carolina Panthers keep kind of dropping a game here or two, it might not matter in the end. It might be Minnesota, Seattle as the two wild card teams. Mm-hmm. But if the Seahawks want to cement, you know, punch their ticket to the playoffs, you just go beat Minnesota. Yeah, that, That's what it comes down to. And so, my percentage i put them out right now, I'm going to say with the way Carolina's playing and the fact that they have that tiebreaker over them, I'm going to say it's around like 60%, 60% or so, 65
2: Carolina still has two games against New Orleans Thank coming you. up, so that's going to I don't think they're going to win either so of those I, games. I, that's kind of my point. I expect Carolina to continue struggling a
1: little bit. I think by the, by the time the end of the season comes around... The Seahawks will be maybe one or a half game ahead of them, as far as as far as the record goes. Because of that goes. tie, what's that? You're talking about like a half game because they tied. No, I'm saying the Seahawks might end up like nine and seven, and maybe the Panthers eight and eight. Oh, the Panthers. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. I thought you were talking about the Vikings because technically we would make it over the Vikings if we have like a nine and seven record, and they have nine and six, eight and seven one. and one because they have a tie, so right. they finish eight seven and one or if we go 10 and 6 somehow and they go 9, 6 and 1 or whatever it is. So we would make it in over them by a half a game. But I agree with you that the Vikings game's huge, obviously, for making the playoffs. But I think even if they lose, I think they'll make the playoffs. So. I mean, that's kind of the consensus here from what I'm picking up. Because if they lose that and then if they lose to the Chiefs, you got to win those three other games. And that would put you at 9 and 7. Yeah, Panthers could lose twice to the Saints. They're okay, out. Yeah. And then looking at some of the other teams, you know, I I don't feel like anybody from the NFC East or North is going to get Yeah, catch Redskins the there. Redskins are probably no. out at this point, you know. So I can see the Seahawks making it either way. I'm going to give them like a 99% chance of making the playoffs just because I can see them beating the Niners twice and the Cardinals once. And honestly, I think that's enough. I I just think that's enough this think season. Just getting a division wins is going to be enough, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think even if they lose to the Vikings and Chiefs, they will get in. And that's saying even if they lose. You know, if they beat the Vikings, I think that's 100% at that point. So in two weeks, Monday Night Football, when the Seahawks beat the Vikings, I will change my percentage to 99 to 100. <laughs> I'm a I little worried about I the Hawks on Monday Night I will now. change
1: mine from 65 to, like, 95.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is it a home game, Monday Night Football? Um
2: yeah, it is. But you know, the Seahawks on Monday night—they, n- I've really—they're the kind of sketchy on Monday night football. What? No. No. At Monday Mid-time
3: Seahawks. They stress dominate. me out. I've been to a Monday night game in Seattle, Le Grand, a long time ago. But they always thrive on like Monday night games. Yeah. Hey,
2: I don't know about Monday <laughs> night primetime time, prime the Seahawks. A night game at home, the Seahawks. I'm not saying they're going to lose. I'm just saying it's Seahawks a nail-biter. stresses night. me out a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, obviously, they're all nail-biters, but they clutch up in the end. I mean, mm-hmm. look at all those Sunday night games against the Niners and Monday night against the Packers. Fail Mary. They pull <laughs> it out out of nowhere. Yeah, that was a lucky win, but we'll take them <laughs> when we can get them. I'll take another one over the Vikings this season, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but the Vikings, just looking at that matchup for the Seahawks, this Seahawks defense looking better and better. Vikings offense looking better and better. What do you guys think is the difference sort of in that game?
2: Um, you know, I think it's gonna be containing Thielen, especially he's such a baller. And I don't know if Shaquille Griffin's gonna step up to the plate and really become the lockdown cornerback that we need him to. The secondary's gonna to have to play as a whole. And you know, you see with the Rams, with teams with high powered offenses offenses like Minnesota You know they don't really they allow a lot of points and it's gonna be coming down to the defense and also if the offense can put some points on the board but the the team that makes the fewest mistakes in that game will win the game.
1: I think Griffin will be that lockdown corner. I don't know if he does it this year, but to me the Seahawks, like I mentioned earlier. Kirk Cousins in this offense really hasn't clicked yet, and I hope it's not against the Seahawks yeah. that they finally decide to click, because that's going to spell bad news for the Seahawks. But yeah. ultimately, I think it comes down to the running game for the Seahawks, and and that's their bread and butter, and that's how they run their offense. That's how they bridge that to play a you know play action passes and and those deep shots from Russell down the field to Lockett or Baldwin or whoever. And so if, if the Vikings can stop that run game, the Seahawks are going to struggle. Like they struggled every game so far this year. Anytime yeah. they can't run the ball, they d- they're probably not winning.
0: Derek, what's your
3: key for the Seahawks and the Vikings game?
0: Who do you think wins?
3: Um, it's in Seattle. I, I, I do it with the Hawks. I mean, it's in the clink Monday, Monday night. And the Vikings are great and all, but I don't see it happening, especially in Seattle. All
0: right, we're going to hit an interview with Curtis Crabtree I had earlier this week. He's the sports reporter for 950 KJR AM over in Seattle. And after that interview, we'll be a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk a little bit about the NBA, some Mariners talk right after that. So don't go anywhere. Here's the interview, and then we'll be back for the second hour here on Sports Central. Sitting down now with Curtis Crabtree Sports Reporter. Sitting down now with Curtis Crabtree Sports Reporter for 950 KJR AM Seattle, and also a CWU alum. Thanks for coming on the show, Curtis. Yeah, no problem. How's it going? It's going great, and I want to talk to you about the Seahawks first, just get that out of the way. Going into this season, not many expectations, but right now I think they're playing above expectations. What have you seen out of the Seattle Seahawks so far this season?
4: Well, I thought some of the the national projections, thinking that they would be among the worst rosters in the NFL and would be like a four-win team, I, I just that never made sense to me um, from the outset of the year. I thought that, go, and I said as much going into the year, I thought that they were probably an eight-to-ten-win team Um, unless injuries hit the couple areas of the roster they couldn't afford to have big injuries at. Um, And that basically is how the season has gone up until this point. You you had a couple games along the way that you could make the argument they probably should have won a couple games that you could argue they maybe should have lost, but all in all, I think they're about where they were going to be, and now they have a chance over the the last five weeks of the season to make a push for the playoffs and if they win all their remaining NFC games, they'll basically be there regardless of what happens elsewhere. So um all things considered with the reshuffling they had over the off season, they've made a pretty strong push to to be where they're at right now and um you know like I said, I don't think it's too far away from what I expected, even if some of the uh, the national perspective out there was a little bit different.
0: That's a great point you bring up about them beating teams that maybe they weren't expected to beat. Did you beat? Uh, did you expect them to beat the Carolina Panthers last week?
4: Uh, it's a it's a stadium they've always played well in. Um, they tend to match up well with the Panthers from one from one reason or another. Uh, Carolina did get them a couple times, obviously, when when the Panthers made the Super Bowl in 15. They were able to win the game here in Seattle when the Seahawks made a coverage bust late and, and allowed Greg Olson to get a touchdown to win that game. That kind of propelled the Panthers on their Super Bowl run in some ways. And then, obviously, the first half of the playoff game they had a year later, um, was not how they would have expected it to go, but there was a lot going into that game off the field with Marshawn Lynch tapping out on playing the week before and then still starting the week after in Carolina. And th- th- that was just a cluster in a lot of different ways. And, uh, but in general, they've played the Panthers well throughout the years for whatever reason. Um, they uh, were able to come back, and Russell had his, probably his best game of the year uh, against the Panthers. Had some really impressive plays. Tyler Lockett was outstanding in in the plays that he made. Some really savvy veteran stuff to, to be able to score the touchdown he did and get the big play late to set up their game-winning field goal. So um, it's it's a I, I I picked them to win that game going in because of their past success in Carolina and it was going to be a tight game because both those teams are you know flawed but pretty good and uh, it, it went about how I expected it probably would go.
0: And a lot of the games this year for the Seahawks have come down to one possession or less. Do you think that gives them sort of an upper hand in the playoffs, knowing that they have the potential to beat a team like the Los Angeles Rams?
4: Well, it's just who the Seahawks are. I mean, going back to when Pete Carroll first got here, I mean, they had that massive streak for for five years or so where they hadn't lost a game by 10 points or more until Green Bay blew them out late in the 2016 season when Russell Wilson threw five interceptions in that game. And then obviously when they were beat up last season in December when the Rams smoked them here in Seattle. um, Outside of that, they either win games or they play in really, really, really close games. So it's certainly nothing out of the ordinary. The thing that had been out of the ordinary was that going back to last season, before the Green Bay game, they'd lost – eight of their last nine games they'd played that were decided by one score or less. And so those those close games that they still continued to play had swung the other direction. You know, the Denver game this year, the Chicago game this year, going back to last year, the Jacksonville game um, – there was, uh, gosh, there's another, there's another at least one, one or two games uh, last year that were the same way. The Arizona game, I think, the final week of the season, uh, they they all had those games go against them for one reason or another. And so now they're they're two for two in their last two weeks uh, against Green Bay and Carolina, and finding a way to win those close games. So um, it, you're talking fine margins in the NFL. Their roster is not as talented as it once was in 13 and 14 and all that sort of thing. So the margin of error is certainly less. For Seattle, they can't absorb some of the mistakes that they used to be able to absorb and still find a way to pull it out, but right now they have seemed to find a way to ticket back over the right side of the, the, the margin to get to where they're winning these games instead of losing them, and that's certainly been a pretty big thing for them to be where they're at right now.
0: And out of these five final games in the regular season for the Hawks, you got three against the bottom two teams in the NFC West—the Niners and the Cardinals. But outside of those three, the two games other than that, the Vikings and the Chiefs at home. Do you think that Vikings game could be possibly the game that decides who goes into the NFC as a wild card team?
4: It's going to be the, the, the most important game left on their schedule. I mean, if, if Seattle, like I, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, if Seattle wins. From what I've seen, um, if Seattle wins their remaining NFC games, they're all but assured of a playoff spot one way or another. The Kansas City game would essentially be irrelevant outside of seeding potential, um, with another victory under their belt. So. You know, one of the conference, one of the tiebreakers is conference record, and so the NFC games are going to be the important ones for Seattle. When it's all said and done, um, you know, all, all things considered, outside of the fact that they probably should have won the Denver game week one, that's not a bad loss for them. Out of conference losses aren't too troubling when it comes to deciding who makes the playoffs. All things considered. The Kansas City situation has obviously been a little bit shaken up with the Kareem Hunt stuff that has come out and how that could change the Chiefs down the stretch if that significantly affects what they're able to do offensively, if he's even able to play in the game against Seattle Mm -hmm. in a few weeks. Um, But all things considered, that Minnesota game will be the most vital one on Seattle's schedule, assuming they win the games that should be layups for them against the 49ers and, and Cardinals. So that will be their most important game left if they do what you expect them to do in those other couple games.
0: And finally, before we talk Mariners here, last thing for the Hawks, I want you to give me between 0 to 100 their percentage chance you think they can make the playoffs this season.
4: Well, I think it's, it has to be considered to be around 75%, 80% right now, um, just where they're at and the teams they have left and their schedule left. They can, they, you know, if they, they have the ability to lose one game and still make the playoffs the rest of the way and with three of those games coming against teams they should beat and in and, and the Cardinals and 49ers, you're basically at a 50-50 chance at that point. If you can get one win against either the Chiefs or the Vikings, you should be there. So... Um, all things considered, they have a really good chance to make the playoffs at this point in time, and a lot of ways they control whether they do so or not, so um, it's it's definitely above 50% at this point in time, and uh, obviously injuries will play a factor in that if, you know, like I mentioned earlier, if the wrong injuries come about, if Bobby Wagner was to go down, if Chris Carson was to go down, if uh, you know Doug Baldwin was to miss the rest of the season for whatever reason, that could change the equation somewhat. But as it is right now, they should absolutely be thought of as a team that that has a really good chance to make the playoffs.
0: All right, let's talk Mariners. They've been having an explosive offseason so far, shipping away guys such as Mike Zanino, James Paxton, Alex Colomay today. Um, But the big trade that everyone's talking about is Cano and Diaz going to the Mets. Hasn't happened yet. What's sort of your initial reaction to that trade?
4: Well, I mean, it shows where they're at at this point in time. Diaz is clearly their most valuable trade commodity, um, given the year that he's coming off of as an All-Star closer, the you know 57 saves leading um, all of baseball, I believe, if I remember correctly, um, and with four years of club control beyond the season, that's a pretty valuable asset. the The question is, you know, how do you elect to move him? Um, the Mariners are clearly taking a step back, at least for the interim here. So the question is. What value is a closer going to have for a team that's not expected to make the playoffs for the next two years? Probably not all that much. So trading him to get something of value back is certainly understandable. The, the issue is, you know, them tethering that that asset to Robinson Cano and in a move to get rid of his contract, uh, you know, that could free them up flexibility-wise for some some cash stuff in the in the longer term, but. Uh, You may not get the prospect load back in return that you would expect on Diaz alone if you did that in a standalone deal. So there's a lot of moving parts that tie into it. Uh, You know, the deal, as you mentioned, has not been done yet. So we're just going off of reports that, you know, they're getting a couple prospects from the Mets if that deal goes through. And Jared Kalanick and um, Justin Dunn, which, you know, prospects are a crapshoot pretty much no matter how you how you uh, split it. Uh, it's tough to know what they're going to ultimately become, and you're taking a chance on that front one way or another. So it's one of those trades that, you know, this is a trade, and these sets of trades are going to define whether Jerry DePoto, Scott Service, and this particular instance of the Mariners' um, you know, management staff is going to be around for the long term or not, because if they boom or bust, it's going to change the shape of the roster for a long time. So um, we'll have to wait and see how it all plans out. But, you know, assume these trades go through – you're talking about a roster that has gotten rid of this off season, Robinson Cano, Edwin Diaz, James Paxton, Mike Zanino, Paten, uh, uh, Alex Colomay, um, you know, Nelson Cruz and Nard Span are free agents as well. That's a pretty significant shift in what they were at a season ago. So, and, you know, and then they open next year against Boston. So they're going to come out and probably get smoked right out of the gate. Yeah. Too. So, um They've got issues, for sure. They're they're, they're a team that's probably going to flirt with 100 losses next year, no matter how you kind of slice it.
0: And again, sitting down here with Curtis Crabtree from 950 KJR AM Seattle. And Curtis, last question before I let you get off the phone here. For the Mariners, you know, having this streak of no playoffs, longest in professional sports here in America, how many more years do you think it continues with them sort of going towards this rebuild?
4: Well, I think you're probably going to get to a full 20 um, at this point in time. Um, before they have a legit chance to kind of get there. And that's going to, you know, depend on at least somewhat their ability to, to develop some of their draft picks for the last couple of years. Kolenic and, and Dunn, if they do come in and add to the roster, um, that's all going to be a part of the long term plan. Kyle, Kyle Lewis, some of their other draft picks um, that they've had and are trying to bring around. It's, you know, they have not developed a significant position player, you know, almost since going back to Alex Rodriguez. I mean, Kyle Seeger has popped for a little bit um but the, you know most of their offensive pop throughout the years has not popped to a significant level mike Zanino is you know a solid player but you haven't really developed an all-star capable um player year in and year out since all the way back to alex rodriguez so it, they need it's the one thing this franchise through all the different t- people who have run it through the years in one way or another they have not developed talent significantly enough to to get the roster to where it needs to be so whether this group can do that or not, I don't think we have any evidence to say definitively that there there's faith that you should believe that it will happen, but um, it's the steps that they have to take to give it a shot, because the aging core that they had was, you know, they made a push for it here this last year, and it fell short, and it probably wouldn't have got back to that point last year. I mean, think if Edwin Diaz did not have the 57 save that he had a year ago, that team doesn't even come close to sniffing the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. so... Um, You know, I think it's a little bit more smoke and mirrors than it may have seemed from a season ago. So um, they certainly needed to make some changes, and I think you're seeing them take that on, whether they'll be successful or not. I don't think we have any clue of saying that at this point.
0: All right, well, there you have it. The Seahawks, Mariners, and Huskies reporter for Sports Radio 950 KJR, Sports Stringer for the AP, contributor to profootballtalk.com, and Central Washington graduate Curtis Crabtree. Go follow him on Twitter at Curtis underscore Crabtree. Curtis, thanks for coming on the show. I can't wait to talk to you again. No problem. All right. So there's my interview with Curtis Crabtree earlier this week on Sports Central. We're about ready for the second hour of action right after this break. We're going to be talking NBA. We're going to be going over our picks a little bit different this week because it's our last show of the quarter. And then finally, the last 20 minutes, we're going to close it out with your favorite time every week sports rodeo. So don't go anywhere. Second hour of Sports Central coming up right now here on 88 Won the Berg. You're listening to 88.1 The Berg, your Music Central. It's DJ BWT. We're out here talking today about how much we hate sports. Sports is just the absolute Oh my gosh, our radio DJs just don't get it. Sports broadcasting is much bigger than music. When's the last time Taylor Swift made you feel like watching Tom Brady get sacked? And even though Rick Ross looks like a defensive tackle, he can't entertain you like Vince Wilfork in overalls. This is it, Chief. The show you've been waiting for, Sports Central, every Saturday at 9 a.m. Ugh, Austin, you're such a meathead. Shut up, Benito. Welcome back to Sports (laughs) Central. Welcome back into Sports Central. Austin Lane alongside Mac Armstrong, Miles King, and Derek Harper. You just heard that underwriter play for Bergmas. It is day 8, so 9 to 11 p.m. tonight. Make sure and tune back into 88 Won the Berg for Nightmare Before Christmas uh, giveaway. That's the 12 days of Bergmas. And then after that, there's four days left. The next four days after, another Nightmare Before Christmas giveaway on our Instagram at 881TheBerg. And then Amine after that on Monday. That's also on our Instagram. And then the last two days, Travis Thompson and Resolution Festival tickets are going to be giving away out on our Twitter at 881TheBerg. So make sure and follow those. Make sure and follow our Sports Central Twitter as well at Berg Sports Radio. On Twitter, But right now, we're getting ready for the second hour of the final Sports Central of the quarter, and we got to talk some NBA. Looking at this article by SB Nation earlier this week on the Western Conference, I'm going to go and go through this article. They have five potential league-wide effects of the ultra-deep NBA Western Conference, and we'll be talking a little bit after this. But here's the five things that SB Nation says will happen with this Western Conference shenanigans going on. One, the East teams will dominate the top of the draft lottery at the end of the season. Two, there will be a trade market depression because of how many good teams are in the West. Three, there will be a more exciting home stretch, uh, home stretch this season. Four, the West seeding will matter less. And five, there's there will be more calls for top 16 seeding in the NBA playoffs. So talking about this Western Conference and just going down the Clippers... Are at the top. This might not be updated standings. I know Danny's got the updated updated standings for the West. It is, yeah, it's the Clippers at the top. And then Denver, Oklahoma City, Golden State at the four seed right now. Memphis, the Lakers, Portland, Dallas. Portland, a team that was first in the conference a couple days ago. They're Mm -hmm. back down to seventh. Dallas, Minnesota, Utah, New Orleans, Houston, Sacramento, San Antonio, and Phoenix. Phoenix, the only bad team. Out of the West so far, they're 4-18. and 18. Right above them, the San Antonio Spurs, second to last in the conference at 10-12. and 12. That's only five and a half games behind the Clippers in first place. What is going on in the Western Conference, and who is going to emerge out of this conference as the top seed? Well, the West has always been ultra-competitive for the past couple
2: of years now, and if I have to say anything, my eights, my eight teams making the playoffs out of the West. I got Golden State, Oklahoma City Thunder, Denver, the Clippers, Houston. I got the Grizzlies, the Lakers, and the Spurs. Never count Greg Popovich out ever.
0: You could you could take any of those teams out and just put exactly. any other, you could like, take those like eight and put said. like another eight the in second there.
1: Second to worst team in the West is ten and twelve. Are you serious? And, and, and out, there's only a five-game separation from 10 or, you know, 14 25 to
0: 1. 25% done with the season, too. We're a quarter of the way through the season. 14
1: to 1 is five games. That's and right. you look
2: out in the East, like, they have playoff teams that are, like, 10 and 12 right now and like, the 8th seed or something exactly, like that. Yeah.
1: And then, Austin, like you mentioned, too, my, my beloved Blazers,
0: Yep, one seed last week. Now they're down to 7. And they're 13 and 9, which isn't, like, the greatest record overall. No. They're only two and a half games behind. Exactly. That's There's how it was last year. What from. happened to the Warriors? <clears throat> Where are the Warriors? Where's Warriors the Warriors? 15-8, and eight, man. 15-8? and 15-8? <laughs> that's not that bad. where's Curry's
2: the t- been out at like Where's the
0: 22-1 and one start that everyone expects every year? Hey, that's when the, N- hurt, the talent in the NBA
2: is way better now than it was when they went 24-1. and one. But where's it was? the
0: defense? There is no defense. That's another thing mm-hmm. to look at. Mm-hmm. There's no defense anywhere in the NBA anymore. And like this when- might be... Because I mean, of that. When it comes kinda, down to
3: it... It's hard to watch it now sometimes. I mean, there was a game the other day, the Bucks went, like, literally, like, 140 to, like, 103.
1: That was against Portland, yeah. Uh, When it comes down to it, if the Warriors are healthy, they're going to be the one seed. No. Yeah.
2: No. Golden State doesn't even need the one seed. They just need to go into the playoffs, take care of business like they probably will, and those in the finals. You know, there's not a very big implication on the one the seed anyway, so they get in the playoffs, three, four, n- even a two seed doesn't matter. They can go in as an eight seed and make history and upset the front one seed and just maybe just do that just to add it to their already very good resume that they have. But they
3: may not win the title.
2: Who you got in the East that I possible upset?
3: Toronto could knock them off. You think Toronto in a seven strong. game series? Toronto. They is did just beat them the other day. Going to the game over a winner Now of to eight. be fair, they yeah. they didn't have
2: two guys. That is true.
3: Now, I did, my prediction last year was correct about the Thunder, though, in that Mello, he's a cancer. He, and I think it's more Russell. He can't handle so a total of three stars on the team. When he and Kevin were there, they were lights out. And now it's just him and George, lights out. Hey, you got those Steven Adams in there, the too. Rockets. He's a mm-hmm. low-key Rockets star in his own right. Year, the Rockets are awful with Mello. Mello leaves, and they're starting to get good again.
1: Tell you who else to look out for, though, is Denver. hmm yeah. Denver's a young team. I don't know is that, that they, they make it like to like the conference final this year. I think they probably win the first round and then maybe are beaten the second round by whoever. But that team is young. And in a couple of years, like the Jazz last year, in a couple of years, I think it's going to be Denver-Utah, like top two, three
3: what every the, single season. What about the Blazers? I mean, last year they were the three seed. I went to the first game of the series that th- last year, and the problem is they couldn't they were getting up shots just fine, but they were hitting rim. And the problem is they're like two games out of eight seed. Exactly. Like, it's yeah. So tight. They were the West. three
1: seed, but they were only like a half game over the Thunder. Yeah. And there was only like four games separating them from the from the Pelicans.
2: Portland needs a really good three and D small forward. They've been lacking that for I don't know for how long. But if they get a guy like Trevor Ariza, Mabah Mute. Then we can start talking about Portland like really being a contender, but until then, they're just going to be what they always have been a one and done in the first round Let's type get of team.
3: Contrast off their hands first. And the one guy I thought would come, and then the Cavs made a weird move, in my opinion, was the Cavs signed Love to like seven years, and now the Cavs are trading all their stars. So, are they going to trade Love or are they going to keep them on that like? I mean, he's Contra. hurt. I don't
1: think he's tra- they're trading him at all right now.
3: You think they're going to keep him for the rebuild and have him be the face of the franchise?
1: Yeah. He's a
2: little old at this point in I his mean, career to be Colin, the face of a franchise. The
3: rookie, uh, Colin, uh, he's not vibing with the other players, apparently. So I, that's an interesting thing to watch out for there. And uh, The Spurs, I don't think they'll really be relevant. They're a really great, respectable team and all, but I don't know if they'll really do much. And the Clippers, them being first, that's nothing. I mean, they have Dr. Rivers as head coach and all that, but they'll probably falter in the first or second round. What do you got, Austin?
0: There's a team you guys aren't talking about Who's in that? the West. Who's the that? Los Angeles LeBrons. Ooh. I mean, the Lakers, sorry. Yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's a clipper town right now.
1: <laughs> I mean, what
3: is not nothing to LeBron. talk
2: about in L.A. other than Austin, funny the story struggles about that. of the team? I was
1: watching the Blazers game the other night, and they're like, after after the game. LeBron hosts the Mavs. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the Lakers host the Mavs? It's not even the Lakers. It's <laughs> no, the LeBrons. No, he hosted them personally. LeBron, he's like, ha-
3: c- come into Staples. We'll play, you know. LeBron's getting – the Mavs are giving him a hard time, though. Look at Donchick. Don Don he blocked LeBron twice. twice yeah. And he's also – LeBron's also giving Lonzo. <laughs> so he's saying that he's a superstar and everything. I mean mm. – which I'm skeptical of. I don't think Lonzo's overrated. Kuzma's better than him. You gotta yeah. be confident in your guys. And to be yeah, fair, to be uh, Lonzo is it's playing crazy. better as of late. Yeah, and, but the thing to watch out for now, LeVar's starting to talk again, so I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if the Lakers start faltering or some drama here soon. Nah, yeah. <laughs> no, LeBron
0: won't let that happen. Uh, uh, uh. So LeVar, 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 where, LeVar, where do they end up, the, the Lakers, are,
3: Lakers, the Lebrons are gonna
1: are gonna emerge. <laughs> where are they gonna end up? Uh, I don't know. This West race is so
3: tight.
2: The LeBrons will probably be at the most a six seed in my eyes. Maybe I, don't I see them as a seventh or eighth seed. I got to agree with you, Mac. I, I think don't they're know bottom that four. I see
3: them in the third round. You think them in you the th- third round? They're, they're going to be higher than a six seed. You think
0: they're getting home court? They're going to be higher than a six seed.
1: The West is looking weak this year. Where do they end up? Four. The West is looking weak because all the teams are so good. They're beating each other up, man. That's, I was just telling that's Mac That's exactly
0: how they get to the top of the West. I
1: was telling Mac off air. I don't think there's going to be that many 50-win teams in the West this year. I think the top three, four are going to be 50-win teams. Yeah. Below that, you're going to have like
0: 45, 46-win so teams. So you have the Lakers who end up a little bit better than you know those bottom four teams that make the playoffs. The
2: Lakers will be lucky to win 45 games this year. They'll be lucky. lucky Hot yeah. take alert.
0: There you guys go. <laughs> I got another question for the West for you guys. What's up? After the Jimmy Butler trade, did Minnesota sort of revitalize their team. They're sitting at 500 right now, 11-11. Do they have what it takes to sneak in?
2: They are definitely a low-key team to watch. You know, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins look totally revived, and they just totally look like what they were looking like before Jimmy Butler came in. It was almost like Jimmy Butler suppressed them, and now they're coming alive. And You know, I'm not so sure that Minnesota lost the trade. Covington and Stark, two very quality players, and I, I think Covington's Philadelphia... Team is missing those guys right now they will miss them come playoff time and minnesota got deeper they got better they added three point um depth with those guys and i think they won the trade and they're looking very good they're looking re-energized and ready to turn the script around on what was a disappointing start to the season
1: i don't think philly's all that disappointed with
2: what they got either i just think they lost three point like Besides for J.J. Redick, who was a consistent three-point threat in Philly, you had Covington, Saric, and Redick. Now you just have Redick. You're and forgetting a team. This
1: is sort of one of those rare trades though in the NBA where both teams. It was wild. kind of
2: equal value trade, honestly. It was. You couldn't go wrong. It was a great move for both respective for both, for franchises. Both
3: boss, yeah, you're forgetting a team though. What's Who's the that? team? Milwaukee. Oh, Milwaukee. Yeah. In the East. They're the a the Milwaukee is scary. S- not just Giannis. Um, after he left the Blazers, Pat connington has been catching some fire. He's oh, some he's a former
2: now, Blazer, yeah. isn't he, Pat Connington Yeah,
1: miss, miss him now. at all? But Mac, you and I talked about it the other day on the pod. The Bucks Chris, are Middleton. Team. Chris
2: Middleton. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton can hoop. Very underrated. Yep. Unsung hero right there. <laughs> Unsung <laughs> hero <laughs> pick for Miles yesterday on the podcast. Ooh, yeah. really. Yeah, it was Chris Middleton. Chris sh- Middleton.
1: Yeah, look out for the Bucks. Yeah, seriously, he's yeah. the East they Clay Thompson. It would not shock me to see the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Final.
2: It definitely wouldn't shock me. You think at they all. could beat the Raptors. They
1: could, I don't know if they could beat the Raptors. I think it'll be them and the Raptors in the yeah. Eastern Conference Final. I think they can upset somebody like Boston or Philly though. The Bucks could.
3: Boston's faltering. The Boston is not living up to what they're supposed to be. They're just. I've been reading things left and right about, like Kyrie saying, "Yeah, we're not as good as we thought we'd be," or. We're thinking we're better than we, we actually are, which so is kind of a bummer. I just kind of decided to watch the Celtics this year with a healthy Gordon and healthy Irving, and now it's just kind of disappointing. Sort of strange. You bring back in those two stars,
1: and all of a sudden, like, <coughs> they want to play iso ball, and they don't want to, you know, have that ball movement that they Yeah, they're they not playing to the team's
2: strength at all. I mean, like I was talking about on the podcast yesterday, Kyrie Irving is a ball stopper. He sits there and dribbles the ball for the whole entire shot clock, like 20 out of the 24 seconds on the shot clock, yeah. and then takes a shot. And he just, like, when you pass it to him, you know you're not getting it back. And then so, like, the guys on offense, it really messes, congests the offense where, like, the guys aren't cutting as hard because they know that Kyrie's just going to do a crossover, this or that. They're not He's not going to look to pass. Exactly, he, and, you, and you bring back two
1: high-volume shooters and Gordy Hayward and, and Kyrie, and those guys are going to start taking a lot of the shots. And so guys like Jason Tatum, who stepped up last year, and we're taking a lot of shots and obviously making them Jason Tatum, you know, he's a scorer, he can put the ball in the hoop. And so that guys taking less shots all of a sudden and and I guess, I think just the chemistry that they
0: had built last year in the playoffs is it's just sort of fizzled out. Looking more in depth at the Eastern Conference right now, why are teams like Detroit and Indiana above teams like Boston and Washington and even, you know, teams like Charlotte and Orlando are still in the hunt right now for that 7-8 seed.
2: The Wizards, they're just a mess right now. They're self-imploding. They're a mess. Um, Boston, you know, it's Gordon Hayward's. Really, it's his first season. It's his first, like, what, 21, 22 games. They're still trying to get implemented. Kyrie only played, like, 60 games last year. So, you know, they're still trying to get that chemistry, that feel for each other out on the court with the other guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Horford, Rozier, Morris, all those guys. They're still trying to, like, find their identity within that team. And I think that's what you see with the Boston struggles right now for Washington, you know, they're just a mess. And that's a totally different topic for another day. They're just going to, I don't know. I don't know about the wizards at all.
1: I'm like, who, who else is on Detroit other than Drummond and Blake Griffin?
2: You got Reggie Jackson. You got the Duke God, (coughs) Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard. All right.
1: Well, I mean, that's the biggest reason why Detroit is like kind of where they are is because they really don't have any star power outside of, those
0: two guys. Oh, man, that's a hot take there, bud. <laughs> hey,
2: Reggie Jackson's you, a quality player. He's a quality point guard. Thank you, Will Ortner. Uh-huh. And I don't know. Detroit... Who's even yeah. coaching Detroit now? <clears throat> oh, it's it's the, Van the Gundy the Rob, got canned, Rob, yeah, so I, I don't go. know. Dwayne Casey. Oh, Dwayne Casey. Oh, Casey. Yeah, yeah. That might be why they're doing a little bit better than they were last year. And plus, they got a full year of Blake Griffin now instead of just like when they get him at the trade deadline last year. Yeah. Yeah, so now they got a full season Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. And the East, it's pretty depleted um, talent-wise, so teams like Detroit. The East is so top-heavy. You
1: just have these four teams that are—and to, to me, it's like Boston, Philly, Toronto, and, and Milwaukee. Yeah, if you just beat the bottom, then,
2: like, four six teams in the East and you beat them on a consistent basis, you'll be in the playoffs at, like—you might be able to make the playoffs in the East at, like, 41 of 41, something Right, like exactly.
1: That. Beyond Beyond those four teams in the East, it's, like, literally lottery teams. Literally, that's, that's that's all it is, yeah. It's and, just and, and four lottery teams are going to make the playoffs in the East, and, uh, and that it, to me that's not good basketball. A
3: team it's to not. keep your eye on soon. Um, Trevor Booker said he wants to build a super team in Phoenix, so next few years stuff could be going on there. Um, I don't know about. They got to start winning I mean, games. They, they got to start winning games, which maybe he wants lottery picks or something. But I know they went hard after Bron, and I think they, they went after Damian. I think actually, yeah, and. I'm interested to see what happens there. They're not in Phoenix? Phoenix said yeah, Trevor Booker, other already Trevor Booker wants to form a super team. Mean I mean, Devin? everyone in the in league Phoenix. wants to You mean, Devin? F- I'm mean, I mean Trevor Booker, he wants to film a form It's super Devin, team Be- it's Sam. Devin. I was Devin like, Booker's who is Trevin here? Booker? <laughs> Trevor Devin Booker, D De- Book.
2: <laughs> I mean, they already got two pieces of the puzzle for a super team. They got Devin Booker, who he's a star in the league. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton, he's a future star in the league. But and then they got they just need to add some depth and then I don't know of a free agent that really wants to sign to the Phoenix Suns, so it'll it'll be pretty hard to land a marquee free agent in the market, so they're going to have to draft a super team, kind of like similar to what Golden State did, besides for signing Kevin Durant. They drafted all their guys. Devin Booker's
1: still young, but I think he gets tired of the losing culture there before they actually become a super team, and he wants to trade out of there. Yeah,
2: he's going to probably live out his contract that he has his five-year, and then he's I think he's out of Phoenix after this five year. Exactly. Unless Aiden shows some real potential and some real growth, and then the team proves that they can bring in guys to surround
0: them so they can put themselves in position to win some games. Can I say something real quick? Mm-hmm. Warriors are not going to be the one seed in the West this no. season. No. Who is? No. Yeah, no, Anyone yeah. other than them. Who is?
1: Okay. Why? Anyone. Why are the Warriors not going to yeah. be the one seed?
0: Because have you seen what's going on with their team? I mean, KD and Draymond are still. Yapping at each other on the sideline, they're having injury problems. Eventually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> eventually, the teams like that are gonna start falling off. I'm not gonna say they're ho- gonna be a horrible team at the end of the season. No, I I know that. Yeah, but I think they finish as the two seed.
2: I don't think it even. I don't don't ask really me who's gonna finish above the them. Seed, I don't know. Honestly, I don't think Golden State even cares about the first seed. So
1: I just I don't see anybody being better than him as far as record record goes this year. What about right now?
0: There's three I teams know. that are better than them. Or oh, the
2: biggest
1: really? danger it's really. to Golden They're State is themselves. In.
2: What's that, Mac? The only danger to Golden State is themselves. Whenever, really, like, yeah, it is. Literally, that's the only threat. Is themselves. I'm int-
1: I'm curious to see what happens when Cousins actually plays. That's you know does you he, for- we forget he about be him? the cancer that he's been throughout his whole career and tear that team down.
2: No, I like, think what, Steve what Kerr explained do? to him that he's going to get like maybe so there's going to be games where he might not even get ten shots a game, and Boogie agreed with it. He really talked. I think the front office has a great control on its players for the most part. Besides for, for Draymond's. Part, yeah. And I think, I think Boogie, I think he'll be fine. I think to he's just gonna year. play for the to get a max deal next year and get out of Golden State and go get yeah, his money Yeah, somewhere. I thought yeah. that was
1: interesting. Steve said, Kerr basically said he's not here beyond this year. Yeah, yeah, Kerr
3: said we don't have the money to sign him next year. He's gone. Yeah. That's
2: I think crazy. they cut Draymond to title. and give
3: the money to Boogie.
2: Honestly,
0: if some Boogie shows some stuff. On. that. I know for a fact Warriors aren't going to be in the finals. I do know that. You're yeah, right.
2: OKC to the finals, baby. No. I could see OKC no. beating thunder the Warriors up. in yeah. the playoffs.
0: Yeah. OKC could beat the Warriors. OKC okay always plays
2: Golden State tough, too. If You, you guys look are at just basing
0: history. your your bias off of the last couple seasons. This is a different season for the Warriors. They don't look as good.
3: And Russell Westbrook
0: is Open a savage. I'll tell you going to the
3: Thunder, though. There's not the Thunder. The Thunder not going to the finals. The Warriors maybe, but I don't see the Warriors super strong. Um, it might be the Rockets. I don't know. They're no, no a lot. I don't no. think it will Definitely be. Definitely not. I don't think mediocre. it will be, but if it's not the Warriors or the Rockets or the Thunder, who is it going to be? Lakers. You know, you know what's going to help the Thunder,
1: though, when, when he comes back eventually? Who? He just had a setback, Andre Robertson. Andre Robertson, he Portland might be the best the perimeter
3: defender
2: outside of Kawhi Leonard in Portland the NBA. And that's the not even a hot Wilson take. That's just time. big
1: facts right there. He's a great <laughs> defender. Andre Robertson had that setback, he's, so I guess he's not coming back for another couple months. Or so. I, don't, I don't know the whole story, but I know he had a setback, so he's not coming back on a scheduled time now. But when he does come back eventually, like you said, Mac, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league and a guy you need against the likes of Golden State or Houston or LeBron, whatever.
0: I totally agree with that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to be doing our picks for the rest of December because we're not going to be back until January 5th. So those are right around the corner here on Sports Central. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on 88. one The Berg.
1: Tomorrow, a pro.
0: Mikes are hooked.
4: You're tuned into Sports Central on 88. one The Berg.
0: Welcome back into 88. one The Berg, your Sports Central Our second to last segment of the year right now, Austin Lane joining me in studio, Mac Armstrong, Miles King, and Derek Harper. And it's time for us to make our picks, not only for this week's game, games and this weekend's games, but all the biggest games over the course of December because we will not be back until January 5th. Enjoy your Hanukkah, your Christmas, your New Year's, whatever you celebrate. Enjoy your holidays. But let's get into the picks Right now, for the conference championship week, all these g- big college football games coming up today. First, looking at Clemson in the ACC championship, playing an unranked Pitt. Is there a chance anyone speak up or forever hold your peace? Is there a chance Pitt beats Clemson today? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> Northwestern playing Ohio I, Austin, State. You disagree. No, I no. I, agree. <laughs> I agree. Ohio State. Clemson's beating Pitt. Yeah. But in the Big Ten Championship, Northwestern, a ranked team at least, going to play Ohio State a 21-versus-6 matchup, is there any chance Northwestern beats Ohio State? Yes, don't
3: there definitely there's is. There's a chance. There's always a chance for them, especially in that matchup. But Ohio State's been, even with the controversy with the head coach has suspended four games for the first start of the season, I still see Ohio State. They've been running over their all of the teams. I mean, have they even lost? What's yeah, what? they lost one game. They lost to Purdue, to Purdue. by
2: 27 or something 29. like that. 29. 29. Yeah. What
0: was the score of that? 49-20 Purdue. Oh, they got oh, shellacked. Dang. But that was their worst game of the season. Uh, personally, I think this will be a close one. I think it'll be Ohio State. But mm-hmm. Northwestern, looking at their schedule this year, they lost to Michigan 20-17, to so a really good game. A team that Ohio State blew out. Uh, but then other than that, I mean, the only other ranked team for as of right now that Northwestern played was Notre Dame, and they lost that by 10 points. So I think this will be probably another one of those games, kind of like a 10, 14-point 10, game uh, going in the favor of Ohio State. And I think also, they if win you look that.
2: at the history of Northwestern Ohio State, the last two times these teams have met up, it's been a 40-30 to 30 game. Ohio State won that, and, and then it's been 24-20. to 20. They've, been, they've played w- really close games, and I think it's going to ca- carry on tonight in
0: this game as well. And the next game, Texas versus Oklahoma going on right now for the Big 12 championship. Oklahoma just scored a touchdown, and they are down one point, 14 to 13, with five minutes left in the second quarter. 13 points for Oklahoma so far in this game, a team that put up 45 against Texas earlier this season. And in their last you know, six or so games, here's the scores that Oklahoma's had. 59, 55, 48, 51, 51, 52, 48, 66. That's the last, you know, however many I just said, what was that, seven, eight games? games? Yeah. Yeah. That's how many points they've scored, and they have 13 with five minutes left to go in the first half. So Texas figured out how to do something against them hey it's the red
2: river rivalry out here i mean they're always going to be tough games big games and it's really hard to beat a team twice so you're seeing that here currently
1: we've seen in several games though this year teams put up 40 and a half so they very well could end up at 50 or 45 but right now it's looking like it's gonna be a lower scoring game
0: which is crazy because i mean oklahoma's just been in these shootouts all season long oh yeah and i don't know how their defense has held texas to 14 points this was, i expected this to be way higher scoring uh, by this point in the game but only 14 13 i think texas can pull this one out and that would shake up a lot of things you know if georgia loses to bama and we have ohio state beat northwestern and oklahoma loses here ohio state's in the in the playoff is oklahoma ahead of ohio state right now
2: yeah by one i think oklahoma's the 5 ohio state's the 6
0: yeah
1: yeah, if Oklahoma loses this game, yeah. there's no way they're making it.
0: No. No way. So no chance. Derek, who's your pick for that Texas Oklahoma game right now?
3: Um I think
0: Oklahoma's gonna scratch it out in the end. Okay. You think Kyler Murray's just too much for that Texas defense?
3: Yeah, I mean Oklahoma's always been a strong team. Texas I wanna say Texas, but I just I just can't see it. Yeah. I mean Sam Sam Ellinger's no slouch.
0: No. And I this mean, game's I've, in I Texas. So it's pretty much a home game. I think yeah. that's why they're up right now. So I think Texas pulls it out. Yeah, by a touchdown. Did Oklahoma just score and they haven't kicked the PAT yet, or what? They they uh, kicked the PAT and that put them at thirteen. They didn't oh, go for okay. two, so they, they were at twelve after two the touchdown. Field goals or maybe
1: he scored and didn't. Yeah, they they, they kicked two field goals
0: and it was fourteen six, and then yeah. they just scored a touchdown fourteen thirteen, and not electing to go for two probably because they know they'll score a bunch <laughs> more in the second half. <laughs> I'm expecting a higher scoring second yeah. half yeah, in yeah, that game too. to say me the too. least. But I think Texas wins that one by a touchdown. And then looking at the other conference championship game on, probably the biggest game, Alabama versus Georgia in the SEC championship. I want to take Georgia so bad, but it's going to be Bama.
3: I Roll Tide. I, I agree. Roll Tide. Bama. I want to say Georgia, but I'm sort of thinking it's probably Bama. But who knows? Georgia might pull it out. Bama, by, well 28 28. Bama by 28 tonight.
0: 28. Wow. <sighs> wow. You're, going, you're going all out with that pick. So not gonna win by that. that's just, no doubt by
2: 28 bra hey 28. people didn't think they would beat LSU that bad yeah and that's look true. what happened there that's true I think Bama is yeah. just on another level there's a very fine line there's like levels to it and Alabama's just on another level than everyone else a level that's basically borderline unreachable I think so, Georgia's better than LSU though I don't know I think they're on like the same level honestly I think LSU just gets deflated every year after losing to Bama. Georgia has that experience, though. They have a little bit, but... They, they have that playoff experience from last year. It's not going to matter. It's just Bama. <laughs> they're just on another level. Tua's too good. It yeah, really and his wide receivers, they're all, they're all like, first-round draft picks. They're all going to be drafted yeah. in the first round. He is, and then you obviously know Bama running backs are first three rounds easily, so... You know yeah. what, though? Those Bama
1: receivers that I was in the first round, how many of them actually have, like, really panned out? We got Amari
2: Julio, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley's Hazy? having an all right year. Hazy At least though? he's made he's made some noise in Atlanta this year. He had a he's he's made some a little bit of noise, but Atlanta's to just me, been like so Julio bad Jones you don't hear is the about best it. Best
1: receiver that's come out of Bama, but yeah, those other guys like Cooper, like you said, and Ridley, like uh, maybe, maybe, they're panning out. Maybe it's
2: maybe it's too Cooper's early. been to a Pro Bowl. I, I mean, they're he's not just, bad. The verdict yeah,
1: might not be out yet. Yeah, yeah, he's above average. To me, I mean, they're not on the level of Julio Jones, obviously. Julio Jones is one of the best receivers in the league. But but. even
0: then, to send those three who are not bad, I mean, that's better than most colleges. Most Most, colleges send, like, one every 10 years. Yeah, most colleges have
2: maybe one first-round wide receiver every 10 years. They have three on one team this year.
0: (laughs) That's scary. All right, looking at your final college football playoff predictions going around the room, I got Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State in my top four.
2: I got Bama, Clemson. I got the same as you, Notre Dame, and I think if Oklahoma wins, I think they're gonna get in. Oklahoma, and Georgia's gonna lose, so
1: same as you, Austin. I think Ohio State sneaks in there. You think Texas
0: wins today too? Mm-hmm.
3: I have Georgia in there.
0: So you got Georgia beating Alabama today, or still just like in the playoff?
3: I, I just have in the playoff. I really don't know which way to go there. I'm really torn. I'm really torn on that. Bama could win, Georgia could win, but I still think Georgia somehow gets in the playoff. So you
0: think that if Bama wins uh, and Georgia loses, you still think Texas beats Oklahoma, Northwestern beats Ohio State, and then Georgia kind of stays in there because of that? I don't know. I mean, that's the only two possibilities. Georgia would have to win, or if they lose, those two other teams would have to lose or else they'd be in. I think Oklahoma
3: wins, but I think um, Ohio State I think could go either way. Georgia-Alabama could go either way. I really can't call those two.
0: Okay, Moving on to the NFL Biggest games for each week Left until we're back on the show So this week I I wrote down the biggest game as the Chargers At the Steelers I'm going to take the Steelers just because they're at home Huge game And this is where the Chiefs kind of start pulling away from the Chargers In the AFC West
1: They'll be waving those terrible towels I think the Steelers are going to get
0: that one at home
2: And I, I agree I think the Steelers are going to win it at home in Pittsburgh
0: Steelers All right, week 14, Rams at the Bears. A huge game. I got the Rams. Too much (laughs) offense for that defense. Me too.
1: Originally, I was thinking Bears, but I've seen Jared Goff and that offense play so well against pressure and blitz and getting the ball out so fast that I think it's not going to make a difference for the the Bears.
0: I also can't believe I'm saying this, but I'll be rooting for the Rams because I want them to be the one seed seed, for my take earlier on how the Seahawks make the Super Bowl. Anyways.
2: You know, I was about to say... I'm thinking the Bears are going to win. But now if you said that we, you do, we do need the Rams to be the one seed. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go
0: Rams.
3: Go Rams. Derek, who you got? I, th- I think the Rams take it.
0: All right. All the way around the room. Week 15, we got a couple games. I could not pick between these for best game of that week. First, you got the Chargers at the Chiefs. Huge AFC West implications, division, a division yeah. that is still wide open, Chiefs. even though everyone's saying Chiefs are going to win it. Chargers are still yeah. one game behind right now. I'm going to take the Chiefs, though.
2: I um, got the Chargers that week Week 15 on the upset And then I also have The Pats over the Steelers
3: So I there's my picks And that crucial of the game Chiefs? Chiefs on that crucial of the game I have the Chiefs Yeah
0: And then looking at that next game Pats at Steelers You said you were taking the Steelers? The Pats The Pats on the road Yes sir I'm gonna go ew, That's hard I'm going hard. Pats on the road as well That's hard Yeah I'll go Pats Just pats cause Danny just showed me His <laughs> Pats lanyard <laughs> So easily swayed Austin Yeah what do you got, Derek? Pats at Steelers. Uh, That's a yeah. brutal game. It's it a is. a brutal
3: matchup. I think it's just – I hate saying it. It's, I think it's the Pats. I
0: hate both of those teams. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and then finally that week, Saints at Panthers, their first of two matchups coming down the stretch. I'm, gonna take, uh, I'm going to take the Carolina. Panthers at home yeah. because I want the
2: Rams to be the
1: They're one. playing seed. them twice, and I feel like just the home team's going to win both of those games. Yeah. It's going to be Saints in the fall and whatever they play them next.
2: I got New Orleans sweep in the season series. They're going to win both games.
0: All right. That's New Orleans. New Orleans. All right, week 16 in between the two Panthers and Saints game, you have the Steelers at the Saints, actually a huge game. So the Saints have to play Panthers, Steelers, Panthers to end the season. I got the Saints, excuse me, the Panthers over the Saints week 15, but then I have the Saints over the Steelers week 16. Same, yeah.
3: I have the Saints over the Steelers as well. Yeah. Saints at home against the Steelers.
0: And then finally, the last week of the season, the second Panthers at Saints. I got the Saints there, but I still think the Rams finish in the one seat above them. I got the Saints beating the
2: Panthers yet again.
0: What would the Saints be at that point?
2: 12-4? Yeah. Saints
0: at home. Because the, Sa- the Saints have, what, one loss or two mm-hmm. losses? Two. They have two. They're 10 and 10-2 right now. Two losses, and then I have them losing to the Panthers... So would be thirteen and three. Thirteen and three. Ah, I'm gonna change my Steelers pick then. Week sixteen, Steelers over the Saints on the road mm. to make them twelve and four. You think they'd be twelve and four? And I think then the Rams, Rams finish 13, thirteen and three. And three.
1: Yeah. yeah. Did
0: that's, we get everyone's picks yep. for that? Yep. Panthers at Saints? Saints. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the NBA on Monday, December third. That's this that's Monday. Nuggets easier.
3: at Raptors. That's just because it's in Toronto, really. No, are good. But the Raptors are on another level. Yeah, Raptors are gonna right be too now. good at home. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the six God will be out there. Drake, <laughs> I got Toronto, Toronto over in Denver in. in the six. <laughs> I got the Nugs. Nugs, go going Nugs, in?
1: going
0: across the border and upsetting, wow. huh? Upset, wow, upset Nugs, wow. Then Wednesday, two days after that, 76ers at Raptors. Raptors, Raptors. Wow,
2: I'm gonna go 76ers on Thank this you. one.
0: 76ers, Raptors kind of get cold here. Then same day, Clippers at Grizzlies. Clippers, uh, Grizz. I'm going.
2: I'm going Memphis. They're one of the more Memphis. underrated, slept-on teams this year. You know, Mike Conley and Marcus Saul finally you go, healthy and playing together for the first go time into the in years.
1: You get beat up, okay?
0: Yeah, that's just how it works. Clippers look really good out of uh, mediocre West so far. Mediocre. The, well, yeah, they're all mediocre because they're beating each other. I thought we agreed on that. They're beating. I'm not saying they're mediocre teams. They're just all beating each other. Well, that that makes them look mediocre with their records right their now. Their record does not reflect how good they are. The Clippers mm-hmm. aren't going to finish first in the conference. No, I mean, no. come on. But they're going to win this game in Memphis. And then Friday, 2 days after that, next Friday, Warriors at the Bucks, huge game. I got the Bucks. Bucks.
3: Well, it's in it's in the Bucks place, so I have the Bucks.
0: Giannis too much for the one. You know Curry's like, coming they, back. They went he's going to be, be the on day. the
2: team. Curry's going to be playing on by Friday. And so I think he just puts Golden State really over the top. I got Warriors over the Bucks on Friday,
0: the 7th. The Bucks you got know. that length, though, in the perimeter. That is true. You know we do. did
2: talk about that on the podcast uh, yesterday.
0: Yep. And then finally, Christmas Day games: Bucks at the Knicks. I got the Bucks. Bucks.
3: Bucks easily. So Bucks, yeah.
0: And then Oklahoma City Thunder at Houston, a t- uh, game that Houston could try to sort of begin their comeback at no, being a better team. But I think OKC is a little too much for them to handle. If what you know me,
2: that? you know who I'm picking whenever <laughs> oh, they play. <laughs> OKC over
0: <laughs> the Rockets. The <laughs>
3: where, where is this <laughs> game again?
0: That's in Houston. Big but upset at home for Houston? I think. still I won't I think Houston, have figured Houston. out their issues by then. He's taking Houston. He's got the upset. And then also on Christmas Day, 76ers at Boston to take on the Celtics. I'm going to say trust the process, even though the process is pretty much complete by now. Yeah, I think the Sixers.
3: Sixers. I'm taking uh, Boston.
0: I think Boston will play him tough, and I think
1: they'll ultimately that's
3: gonna edge, be a, edge it Boston
2: out. Boston always plays pretty a, well on right? Christmas, too. They yeah. always yeah. give the people of Boston a great Christmas
0: dub. <laughs> uh, just an extra little present for them. <laughs> Where does that game at? <laughs> In Boston.
3: I still think Philly takes it. Yeah,
0: I think Philly's yeah. too much for Boston. Uh, Lakers at the Warriors. So LeBron versus the Warriors yet again. I'm going to go Warriors. At the Warriors. You know what I'm saying. Uh, you know what I'm saying. You're going Lakers. I'm going Lakers. The Warriors are falling apart this season. I'm been I'll, out I like agree with ha- you on that one actually. <laughs>
1: I'll agree with you on that one. Lakers. Yeah. Christmas. I'm going
2: I'm just Gosh, gonna go man. Golden State over the Los <laughs> Angeles <two> LeBrons <laughs> yeah. because, you know, who else is gonna step up besides Kuzma and LeBron? Brandon Ingram's been MIA all season. It's in the Bay Area. Yeah, the Bay Area.
3: So that's the Warriors. Yeah, it's a, it's a, even it's in it Golden State. In, right. Even if it was in LA, it's gonna be the Warriors. It's like a 30-minute plane ride. I mean, San San Francisco, to L.A. It's pretty close. And
0: And then finally, the last game we're going to do, Portland Trailblazers at Utah Jazz on Christmas Day. Miles, you're getting a Christmas present. uh, Excuse me, Trailblazers, take this one. They're in Utah. In Mm -hmm. Utah. Uh, I mean, It'll be a good game, but I I do agree with
1: you.
3: I think the Blazers will pull that one out.
2: I definitely think the Blazers are going to win. I don't trust Utah.
3: Yeah, the Blazers, especially after Dame dropped, like, what was it, 59 there last year? Yeah, something like that. (laughs)
0: All right, well, that wraps up our picks. Uh, We got about 18 minutes left in the show. So right around the corner, we're hitting the sports rodeo. Random topics out of the hat to close out the year for Sports Central. So don't go anywhere. That's right around the corner here on Sports Central on 88.1 The Berg. You're listening to 88.1 The Berg, your music central. It's DJ BWT. We're out here talking today about how much we hate sports. Sports is just the absolute Oh my gosh, our radio DJs just don't get it. Sports broadcasting is much bigger than music. When's the last time Taylor Swift made you feel like watching Tom Brady get sacked? And even though Rick Ross looks like a defensive tackle, he can't entertain you like Vince Wilfork in overalls. This is it, Chief. The show you've been waiting for, Sports Central, every Saturday at 9 a.m. Ugh, Austin, you're such a meathead. Shut up, Benito. To
4: sports Central on 88.1 The Bird.
0: Those timpanies right in the beginning just get me ready for sports rodeo. Every <laughs> week we do it. I just look at Miles and we just smile at each other. It's uh-huh. a beautiful
1: song. It is.
0: Austin Lane in the studio with Mac Armstrong, Miles King, and Derek Harper. We're ready for the sports rodeo. Time to pick some topics out of the hat that members of the '88 Won the Berg team put in the hat throughout the week, and we're gonna talk about them. So let's go around the room. Uh. Derek, pick one out. Tell us what you got. Um, handball. Uh, handball. All right, Miles, what do you got? Picking out of the hat. Mm-hmm. Got to pick the right one. Yeah, you do. Zorbin. Zorbin. All right. And Mac.
2: Go. Oh. <laughs> Teasing me with this a little Teasing bit. Teasing him with the hat. Oh, there we go. There we go. Favorite sports memory of all time.
0: All right. Oh, good one. Good one. All right. Let's start with handball. So, handball. I have some history pulled up for handball. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's get this. So, handball has a governing body. First of all, the IHF, which I'm guessing stands handball for International Society. Handball Foundation. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the first played handball game is noted as 1897. They have over 27 million registered players as of 2016. They is it, is it an olympic sport? It was in the olympics, summer olympics in 1936, okay. 1952 summer olympics. It was demonstrated it says, so maybe not like a medal, just played it. Was it. Displayed. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and then it return it says it returned to the summer olympic program in 1972. But right now, their world games are uh, beach handball, which is two th- since 2001 uh, still currently going on. Beach it's, handball, yeah. Like they, like they international the beach, handball. beach handball. Like it's in the sand. I guess. That's I always awesome.
2: think a handball like spike ball or something That's like that. Joke. I don't know. Maybe it's like, was, kind of. Similar. It's like
0: uh, it's like soccer, but you use From your hands. From what I understand, yeah. though, you're playing it on a court. Mm-hmm. That's or what the picture is. Something. Yeah. But apparently, beach handball is the world games that they have. And even when you look it up on uh, Wikipedia, it doesn't, like, it says handball is the name of the sport, but it says specifically it's called European handball or Olympic handball. Hmm. So it's called, the first thing it was called was Olympic handball. So this is technically an Olympic sport. I uh, went to high school, graduated
1: high school with a guy who was apparently like a nationally ranked handball player. And uh, I never asked him once about how it works or anything (laughs) like that. (laughs) Missed opportunities. (laughs) Missed opportunity. Had I known, I'd be talking about handball on a college radio station years later. You know, maybe I would have. Missed opportunity. Drop the
0: ball on that one. Drop the handball. No pun intended. (laughs) Handball. (laughs) So apparently, handball has like referees, like paid Mm -hmm. refs, and like paid teams and players and like international teams and. You know, you're designated goalkeeper of your handball team and stuff. It's like, can you do some of the same moves you do in soccer, but, like, with your hands? Like, can you do, like, a rainbow, just, like, throw it up over someone and then catch oh, it again? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be quite the move. Yeah. Like, can you
1: – I don't – Do you, you don't dribble it, do you? I have no idea. Is it,
2: like, rugby or something where you just kind of run? Nah, and I don't to, think like, you tackle everybody like, I'm not talking about that, but it's, like, how you run with the ball on your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what's it called? I think it's going to be more like football where you just juke someone or maybe like basketball.
0: Yeah, bas- I think that's more what it's like. It's it's kind of basketball, but instead of like shooting, you like throw it into it's the It's like net. lacrosse without the sticks.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah, and the ball's a little bigger. Yeah. You might have to look into that. It sounds kind of fun now that you explain it like that. But honestly. Is,
1: is the is the goal about like a hockey goal size? Yeah, about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit bigger, I think. Obviously, the goal is not wearing pads and stuff, right? Nope, it's just, just people. Yeah, so he's got to block, block the so ball. So he's not taking
0: up like the whole goal. I mean, that's the point. You should right, be right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, But it is like hockey, where the goalkeepers pretty much covering the whole net, exactly. but you got to sneak it in there. Yeah. yeah. So there's like all these plays and stuff. I don't think it would be fun playing in the beach. A beach Not in the ball. beach. It's so hard to run in the sand. Yeah.
2: Maybe on like some turf or something would be a little fun. Turf. Some grass. Ooh. Turf. Maybe, a, Maybe court. a court. Who yeah. knows? The
0: court. It looks like what's the main things that's used. So. Court hurts though when you fall on that. Yeah. You know? Well. Welcome I mean, to tur- basketball.
1: turf <laughs> <laughs> tur- tur might be a little softer, you know, as far
0: as your impact, but Well, you're playing handball. This is a you're dedicated to <laughs> you're dedicated, dedicated to, to the sport. craft dedicated yeah. to the game. To this, yeah, the, the art of handball. I have the position laid out here on my screen and I don't understand anything that's going on, honestly. Do there's any like five when it comes to handball? There's, like, five offensive players around the perimeter, and then there's one down low, and then there's five defensive players down low, and then they have the goalkeeper as well. So it's kind of like a basketball formation where you have, like, five guys outside the perimeter and then one guy down low. You're supposed to, like, feed it in and out and then finally, like, find an open shot.
2: So it's, like, half court or, like, kind of? Or, like, as if, do they run?
0: It's, it's called a seven-meter. So it's seven meters to the line. Okay. I think you get more points if you throw it in from outside of the line. Here it says a seven meter throw is awarded when a clear chance of scoring is illegally prevented anywhere on the court by an opposing team player, official, or spectator. I have no idea what's going on here. Oh, that's a free throw. Oh, it's a, okay. So you get a free throw if, if it's like, if the other team illegally blocks you, you get to throw it from a line too. Oh, okay. That's not like a free throw. There's still a goalkeeper, it's like yeah. a penalty really kick. Shot, not really a free shot. throw. Yeah. Uh, that's a weird sport. You we got a penalty kick on, on a little hockey. Oh, on goal? Handball, Come yeah. On. Yeah. I mean that's the same as like hockey when you get a a shootout. That's true. Yeah. That's true. All right, moving on. Let's talk about Zorbing. Zorbing is actually a big sport. It's growing. It's, it's growing. where people get inside those big inflatable uh like inner tube balls and, and what do they do? They you know there's been a death actually. It is is it like an obstacle? I'm gonna course find or out what exactly you do. I think you can do a bunch of stuff. I think you can play, like, Zorbing soccer.
2: They have okay. that as an intramural sport here. Yeah. Oh, they do?
0: Yeah. Talk about ha- that. Well, I've
2: never played. I've just seen it. But oh. <laughs> it's are um, just getting those big balls, and they play soccer in the ball, so, and so they just run into each other and truck each other and stuff.
0: On Wikipedia, it says, Zorbing is the recreation or sport of rolling downhill inside an orb generally made of transparent plastic. Zorbing is generally performed on a gentle slope, but can also be done on a level surface, permitting more rider control <laughs> so the sport is who can get down the hill the fastest and the hill is like a ski slope where it's like different like uh it has like divots in the ground and stuff, uh-huh. and it's like whoever gets down the hill fastest apparently that's what Zorbing specifically is, but you're right. I've seen people get in the the same ball and like do other sports. You've seen those videos where they like run at each other mm-hmm. and they both get like flowing backwards right. They have a whole section on the Wikipedia page for it dedicated to injuries and deaths.
2: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a sport. It's high injury risk. Honestly, like you're just running down a steep ski slope in a ball. I mean, what, what happens? You're, broken you're ankles, yourself. broken legs, torn. ACL your head and your
0: legs are outside of the ball. Oh, but, your head. Yeah, I've, and the rest of your body's inside of the ball. Closed? Yeah, because you want to like run at and like hit people. Yeah. Okay. But you don't have any momentum if you're, you know, you got to have your legs out and then your head. Well,
2: this, I don't so, know. this sport sounds like a case of CTE waiting to happen. Exactly.
3: Yeah. So get your legs being outside, but your head being outside—that's a little dangerous. Yeah.
0: In 2009, it says here a teacher died and a pupil was severely injured in Czech Republic while trying zorbing
2: i I bet yeah. I mean if you slip and fall you're gonna
0: land right on your head and snap and your if neck. you're going downhill you're just gonna keep going that, yeah. there's no telling how many times you hit your head on the way down here's another one in January 2013 at a ski resort in Russia a man died from a broken neck and another was badly injured when the Zorb he was in rolled out of control down a mountain hitting rocks and eventually coming to a stop on a frozen lake what are these people thinking? At
1: what point, as a, as a society, do we decide this inner, is a sport? Inner tubes aren't fun anymore. Yeah, <laughs> we better. People talk down about the NFL being dangerous.
2: Then you start
0: talking about zorbing as being the most dangerous sport in the world right ball. now.
1: For sure. Yeah. Right, come
0: on. There's also water ball, hamster ball, bubble bump football, and bubble ball in the United States for Wikipedia pages on zorbing. Bubble Bump so Football. So Zorbean's might be kind of fun. like the original like mm-hmm. sport. Just roll down this hill in this ball. Then they took that ball and like are doing other state other things with it now. <laughs> so bubble ball is uh is inspired by the game European bubble bump football and emerged in the United States in twenty fourteen and it's uh zorbing but playing you know football inside of the zorb how I do you guess. carry the ball i don't know i don't do you have your arms out i wish i w- could like play this sport like i don't want to get hurt but it sounds kind of fun you, you, you can, can sign like up for it on or the
2: intermural's winter <laughs> quarter i know they have it for that's winter crazy intermural's.
0: let's get a berg team going
2: Ooh, 88.1 yeah. the berg radiohead 88.1 the zorb
0: <laughs> 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 all right moving on to the last topic Mac drew favorite sports memory of all time. Oh, I got to take a second to think about that one. I have so many favorite sports memories of all time, but we're gonna let our producer Danny DeBach get in for the final part of the show this year and give us our his favorite sports memory. You got like ten seconds. I didn't want to want to allow you on the and mic. Don't today. start singing. There are so many singing. great sports moments
2: to choose from. Yeah. Super Bowl forty nine immediately
0: comes to mind, but my pick twenty eleven. AFC wild card game, Tim Tebow beats the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. There's his favorite sports memory of all time. Anyone else got one? You got one? I mean,
1: I could have told you off air, Austin. I had a favorite era of Blazer basketball, and that was the B-Roy era. But if I had to pinpoint it to one? That was good. It's that Dame Lillard shot against Houston a couple oh. of years ago. Oh, that was oh, great! That was, same great. Same that was, that was such Brandon a great shot. One that'll go down in history is one of the mo- best moments of his yeah. career. One of the best moments in Blazer basketball yeah. history. Yeah. And that was the same and spot that Brendan hit it at. And I just and I remember where I was too. I was actually at my old job in the back, and I was just listening to the radio, and and uh, I was Kevin Calabro on the call. I don't know if it was. No, no, I was listening to Blazer. It was Wheels. Oh, okay. It was Wheels. I was listening to the Blazer broadcast, and I was just like cleaning up the back. I worked at a pizza place. And I, I was listening to it, and then I just – I remember I was shocked. I was like, no way he just hit that shot. Yeah. It was, it was I remember incredible.
2: watching that game when he hit that shot. That was when Dwight Howard was still on the Rockets. That was, uh-huh. I watched the whole game. That was, it was insane. It was a, was a very good game. game, very exciting. it
3: was like a volcano game when they were still playing when, when, when he hit that. Who? Uh, the, the old Van uh, Coover, the semi, semi-pro team. I think I was at a game when Damon hit, hit the shot. Oh, you yeah. were
0: at the Vancouver Volcanoes. Oh, volcano! <laughs> no, volcanoes game when he hit that shot. That's yeah. funny. Mac, you got your favorite sports memory of all time?
2: I do. I think I have a tie. So I think it was the 2000, I think 10, I believe, Seahawks over the Saints, the Beast Mode run, the Beast Quake run. Yeah. That's a good I just one. remember watching that and going crazy. And then I also got to go, I think it was a 2015 NFC Championship game. Hawks 49ers that Richard Sherman pick to end the game that game I think it's the best game in Seahawks history and I was like oh I words can't even describe it just leaves you
0: speechless after watching that
1: game Packers title game the next year was just as good.
0: good that's my favorite sports memory of all time Russell yeah. Wilson crying after that game after pulling that out of absolutely nowhere the combination of all the, the things that happened. The in that five game. interceptions. The onside kick. I mean, yeah, down with the like, two
2: point conversion. He just down?
0: chucks it deep to Jermaine yeah. curse and just That Jermaine it. curse oh, catch was goodness. just wrapped it all up. The Steve Rabel on the call. And, you know, f- 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 favorite sports member of all time, by I far, think for me. I it
3: probably be when the Winter Ross won the title after losing the first year and being so close that first year. I think it would probably be when they knocked off that team. NHL? The. WHL. WHL. Nice. I think when the winner lost the title, probably.
0: And what year was that?
3: 2013.
0: 2013. Yeah. So going back to that Seahawks game, man, oh, what were we down with like three and a half minutes I left? Think, like what, a 19, zero, 19, I what was it? 17-0? or something like that? It was like, it was more than, it was two possessions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something so, like that. Yeah. And Russell Wilson drives down the field, scores, two-point conversion, just hucks it up out of nowhere. Like twenty on the twenty yard line. Well, the play before that, he hit Tyler Lockett, I think, for like thirty yards yeah. or something. Yep. And then the the Doug Baldwin catch in overtime to too yeah. on the sideline. Well
1: it was crazy too. They got that that onside, forced it to overtime. They win the they win the toss. Yeah. And you think, okay, Russell, let's just kinda dink and dunk it down the field. Let's hand it off no, a little bit. They just no, he went goes for, for it all. It. Two plays. They that's just it. went for okay, it. Okay, let's go.
0: Yep. Super Bowl. Back to the Super Bowl. Yep. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap up today's show. That's gonna wrap up this year in Sports Central. It was a great year. Thank you guys for coming on. For Mac Armstrong, Miles King, Derek Harper, everyone else that's been on the show. Danny DeBock, Gabe Strasbaugh, uh, Will Ortner. Can't forget Will. Who else can't has been on the Will. show? Uh, Caleb Bradford earlier this quarter. GM Jeff, maybe. GM Jeff. Gage McHenry okay. hopped on for a second. Big shout out to Peyton Barron's helping me put together the show. Uh, all quarter long shout out to Danny for helping me put together the show this week, but that's going to wrap it up. We will catch you guys again next year. January 5th. Saturday is the next time we will be back on the air at 9am on a Saturday morning. So until then for all my guys here on the sports team and my name is Austin Lane. We'll catch you next year. January 5th is the date. This has been sports central on 88 One, the Berg your sports central.